warrant to this week's Nairobi attack, but it comes after much speculation linking the 29-year-old so-called white widow to events at the Westgate shopping centre. Former Aylesbury Mayor Nick Nam Hussein has known Ms Luthwaite for years and is struggling to come to terms with what's happening. How does one go from being a housewife in a small provincial town, quiet, integrated town in leafy Buckinghamshire, to being the sophisticated uh, planner of atrocious events, controlling people and resources um, across international borders. BBC local radio researchers found that nearly half of England's cemeteries could run out of burial space in fewer than 20 years. The survey was of nearly 700 local authorities who carry out burials, of whom over half responded. In the three counties, burial space will run out within five years in the borough of Decorum and within 10 years in the Three Rivers and Hartsmere. The government says it wants to stop councils using CCTV cameras to issue parking fines to motorists. The community secretary, Eric Pickles, believes the cameras should be used to tackle crime and not raise money for local authorities. It's become a cash cow and the legislation is very straightforward. It says that we should not use uh, parking violations as a form of income and we've seen this week uh, the number of authorities it's even bigger than the the amount of money that they receive in terms of the local rates the Bank of England is to be asked to review the government's help-to-buy scheme to address fears that the initiative could overinflate house prices. The scheme, which began in April for new build properties, is being extended to help people who are struggling to find a deposit to buy a house. In sport, England's women's football team sealed their second big World Cup qualifier win in a row, beating Turkey 7-0 at Fratton Park last night. The result follows England's 6-0 win over Belarus last week. And the weather, mainly dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 20 degrees Celsius, that's 60. Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Look out, lads! Here comes Pickles! Oh, just me then. He does sound like a Dickens character, doesn't he? Pickles! Ah, Pickles, you've arrived! Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday, that's all you need to know. We've almost made it to the end of another week. It's October next week, and then it's Christmas. Right, lots coming up this morning, including Hertfordshire Police have been criticised for scrambling a helicopter at the cost of £700 an hour to catch a shoplifter. Well, how seriously should shoplifting be treated? And hey, graveyards are running out of room. We're asking this morning, is burying the dead a waste of space? And it's Friday, and we thought we'd do something nice. Been a lot of horrible, nasty news this week, so we thought we'd do something nice. Acts of kindness. Have you ever been helped out by a good Samaritan? We had uh, an email from a listener, which we'll read a bit later on, and also a member of our team had something nice happen to them. I want your nice stories, please. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me one of those texts, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 How seriously should shoplifting be treated? Hertfordshire police have been criticised for scrambling a helicopter at the cost of, anyone? 
£700 an hour. To catch a shoplifter who stole food and alcohol worth 75 quid from a supermarket in Bishop Stortford. Well, the police have defended the approach, saying where a crime is in progress, officers look to use every resource available to them to assist in making an arrest. If offenders have fled the scene, this resourcing may include requesting the assistance of the helicopter. Well, we'll be hearing from uh, the chief inspector who covers Bishop Stortford after eight this morning to get their side of things. But I'm joined now by Father Tim Jones, parish priest of St. Lawrence and St. Hilda in York. Uh, In 2009, he caused controversy when during one of his sermons, he suggested shoplifting was excusable. What did you mean by that, Father? Well, first of all, I didn't mean that it's okay to shoplift. I think shoplifting's a dreadful thing. Um, But But excusable? Well... Not always, um, uh, but sometimes people are left with no other option. Now, that's far from saying that um, it's okay for all shoplifters to shoplift, but there are occasions when it's morally defensible, even if it's not legally permissible. So, for instance, the particular situation I was faced with at the time was that there was uh, a man who I'd been dealing with for a year or so who had learning difficulties, and he'd gone into prison for a fairly short sentence, um, and when he came out of prison, he was given a, a forty-eight pound or forty-six pound release grant, and then a couple of weeks later, a forty-eight pound uh, emergency loan. But that was it, and it was now seven weeks on, and he'd still had no other benefits, and was going all over the place trying to get help, and was just being told to go go away and come back another day. And um, he ended up he ended up um, shoplifting. And the point I was making in the sermon was that when we as a society expect people who are struggling at the very bottom of of, uh, society's hierarchy uh, to get by on less than £100 for six or seven weeks, we ought not to be hypocritically judgmental when suddenly they they turn to crime out of desperation just to feed themselves. But if that gentleman you were talking about, if he'd have popped up uh, at, uh, at a church, he'd probably yeah. got short shrift there as well, wouldn't he? Well, in th- at that stage... Uh, I, I think he did. I know that some churches uh, gave him, you know, gave him some help. Uh, but after seven weeks, people were turning him away. So even the church nowadays. So well, for instance, nowadays um, there are wonderful food banks all over the place. The Trussell Trust has done a great job in setting food banks up um, through churches, mostly across the country. But even there in the Trussell Trust, I mean, what 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 people will find is that, that they they can't depend week in week out every week on a food parcel there, no, there's, there's a, a limited amount of time you can there's go there's a limited and, and the thing is that when when benefits can sometimes take two months to come through and anybody who's been on benefits will know that that um every when it works when the system works people can get the support they need but anybody knows that that there can be hiccups and delays and People will suddenly, you know, fill in a form and put the wrong information in the wrong box and it all gets sent back and suddenly they're going for weeks without without proper support. What do you think, uh, Father, about this story we're talking about today, sending out a, a police helicopter at the cost of 700 quid an hour to chase someone who's taken £75 worth of food? Well, I mean, without knowing any details about the story, um, I don't think that's unreasonable, to be honest, in that um, the helicopter's there anyway, you know. I mean, what's a... What's a chief inspector paid? A chief inspector's probably paid, you know, kind of umpteen quid an hour. Um, you know, uh, uh, at the end of the day, we, we've got to live in a safe society, and 
all kinds of studies have shown in cities that when police concentrate on the little stuff, uh, crime goes down with the big but stuff is as that, well. But is that not a confusing message you're giving out? You're saying, on the one hand, in certain occasions, very specific occasions, it, mm. it, shoplifting is OK, but on the other hand, um, the, the police should come out at great expense and, and uh, criminals should feel the full force of the law. Well, let me put it another way. Suppose you said to me, is it OK to cut somebody's leg off? then I would say, well, you know, generally no, but there are some circumstances when somebody needs to have their leg cut off. And when that happens, it's going to be a blinking expensive job to cut somebody's leg off. You know, it's, yeah. the, world, the world isn't as simple as, as simply saying, um, under every particular, in every possible circumstance, something must never be done. We live in an extraordinarily complex world. Just last week, um, or I think it was actually at the very beginning of this week, the Chief Constable of Lancashire um, stated very publicly that he recognised that there were more and more people who were being brought to the attention of the police for shoplifting for incredibly small amounts of food just to feed their family for the next meal. Um, and that was uh, one of two reasons. One was because um, of, of growing poverty and not able to make ends meet. Yeah. And also because because people, increasingly middle-class people, who would never before have considered themselves uh, potential shoplifters, were too ashamed to go to the food banks that have been set up. It is becoming a a greater problem. That doesn't mean it's okay to shoplift, but it does mean that when people feel themselves forced into shoplifting, that's something of an indictment of the rest of us who, who let our society get into that kind of situation. Father Tim Jones, we have to end it there. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Uh, he's parish priests of St Lawrence and St Hilda, who in 2009 said uh, that, that shop, shoplifting in, in certain occasions was uh, excusable. Well, what do you think? A helicopter was was scrambled and sent to chase a shoplifter. The helicopter, 700 quid an hour. Shoplifter took £75 from a supermarket, a big supermarket as well. How seriously should shoplifting be treated? And can I ask you a question? I'll make no judgment here. Have you ever done it? Ever shoplifted? 08459 455 555. I'm asking you to be very honest here, and, I, and I'm always surprised at how honest you can be with me on this show. So give me a call. Have you ever done it, and why? Were you desperate? Was it a laugh? 08459 455 555. I, I love the colourful clothes she wears. And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair I hear the sound of a gentle On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up good vibrations She's giving me the excitations I'm backing up good vibrations She's giving me the excitations Softly smile, I know she must be kind In her eyes, she goes with me to a blossom room I'm picking up good vibes 
through a very big Beach Boys phase at the moment. I, um, I've just finished a very geeky book that details every concert they've ever played in their lives. Wow, it was dull but wonderful at the same time. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past six. Let's get the latest travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Now, compared to yesterday morning and all the trouble we had, today is positively sedate. We have no problems out there on the road so far. It's a nice clear run on the M1. Looks like they've managed to finish the repairs that were caused uh, by the damage with the overturned lorry between Junction 8 and 9 yesterday morning. They were doing the repairs overnight, so they did have a couple of lanes closed off, but looking at the cameras around there, and everything does appear to be moving quite well. Now, the roadworks on the M40 are still ongoing. This is at Junction 7 for Tame. You have narrow lanes and a 50-mile-an-hour restriction. No problems through there at the moment. M25 roadworks not causing any hold-ups between the A1M and Enfield. It will get busy a bit later, and it'll also likely get busy as you come into Milton Keynes on the A5 because they're doing roadworks there at the McDonald's roundabout just to the south of Milton Keynes where you meet the A4146 and Watling Street. Trains and tubes running well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.16, it's Friday the 27th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire police have been criticised for using a £700 per per hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who took £75 worth of goods. The worldwide hunt continues this morning for Aylesbury woman Samantha Luthwaite, the widow of 7-7 bomber Jermaine Lindsay. In sport, England's women's football team sealed their second big World Cup qualifier win in a row, beating Turkey 7-0 at Fratton Park last night. Coming up, are you a little bit selfish if you get buried instead of being cremated? Graveyards are running out of room. There's only a couple of years left in some of them. Is it selfish to be buried in the ground? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Original British drama on BBC One. What is this place? You're in Atlantis. You were drawn here by forces so powerful that they stretch between the worlds. The legend begins. Who am I? Jason. 
Whoever heard of a hero called Jason? Now, Hercules, that's a name to father a legend. I'm forgetting my manners. I'm Pythagoras. They've released the hunting lines. Who the hell has hunting lines? You're not like other men. You realize that. What do you mean? Atlantis. I don't understand my place in this world. Starts tomorrow night at 8.25 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Morning, this is Inley, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got a cold and a headache. I'm being very brave about it. I won't go on about it too much this morning. Being a very brave boy, but oh, blimey. Sorry, what's... Well, I'm getting a look from producer, uh, producer Tara. Producer Tara, why on earth are you giving me a look? I'm, I think I'm being very, very brave by coming in and not really moaning. Just because I wasn't in yesterday, because I too have a, a cold. You took the whole day off. I did. And, you, you know, and you, people say that men, you know, suffer badly with colds and things. Man flu, and you, you didn't bother... Yeah, whatever. ...turning up. I can't up. believe you're saying this. I feel great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Kelly, your microphone's long, so I didn't... Oh. I, I feel great. You won't, stuck in a room with that. Do you hear that I hacking feel, away? I feel amazing. Really? Can you yeah. breathe on her, <laughs> producer Tara? No. Okay, thank you That's very mean. much. Yeah, it is mean, but sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind. We've got that song. Can we see if we've got the song, Cruel to be Kind? See, see if we can dig that out, please. Cruel to be Kind by Nick Lowe, I think. See if we've got that, because that'll be good. Uh, the front page of the Times. What on earth has Salma Hayek got on her face? And who is Salma Hayek? Is she an actress? I'm guessing. She has the worst sunglasses ever, which are highlighting her chapped lips. Oh, from dusk till dawn. Well, okay, right. Worldwide hunt for the White Widow. And reforms bring huge increase in adoptions. Campaigns benefit thousands of children. The number of adoptions has surged to a 21-year high, with almost 4,000 children finding finding permanent homes in the past year. There's also this story on the front page that's in quite a lot of the papers. Yesterday there was a story in The Sun, wasn't there, about um, uh, two pilots. Two pilots fell asleep. Um, whilst they were flying an aeroplane. Uh, and the, it's, they've now kind of done lots of surveys into pilots. We're falling asleep on the job, say pilots. More than half of all pilots have fallen asleep on the flight deck. And one in three has woken to find their co-pilot asleep. Now, the first bit of that, I don't... I, I'm not so worried about. If, if you're doing a 12-hour, 15-hour flight, then yes, I'd like my pilot to have a little 40-minute nap. A little power nap, disco nap. To uh, kind of... You know, just get a bit of energy. I am slightly concerned that they're both falling asleep. The two gentlemen, the pilot and indeed the co-pilot are falling asleep. But as long as the autopilot is staying awake, that's kind of the main thing, I guess. Does it worry you a little bit? Pilots having a doze? The front page of The Guardian. Heston Blumenthal, the, the, the biggest... I won't say con merchant, because that's probably libelous, but... Um, he, he, he probably is. But he's um, a food trickster. Yes, I think we could call him a food trickster without fear of litigation. Some of the nonsense... What does he come up with? Snail porridge and, um, like, a smoked sandwich. Really? Come on now. How to sell wars to public. MOD study. Exclusive. Families angry at proposal to lower profile of repatriation ceremonies. Uh, let's have a look at the uh, the Independent before we, we get down and dirty with a little bit of earth, wind and fire. We'll do the Independent and the Telegraph. Uh, the Larium scandal. Thousands of British soldiers are being put at increased risk of psychosis and suicide because the Ministry of Defence refuses to stop using a controversial anti-malarial drug that has been banned by the US military. Well, I don't know uh, much about that. Let's go to the Telegraph, which has... Um uh, what, what an incredible uh, image um, from uh, the uh, attack in the shopping centre in Nairobi. Hero of Mall Massacre, 
uh, and The Girl He Saved. Yes, let's have that, shall we? That's a great song. I'm, try- I'm trying to get a bit of Nick Lowe onto the show this morning. We'll have that. That's a great song. Yes, please. Remarkable story of Somali who dashed into scene of terror, then beckoned mother and her children to follow him out after four hours. De- it's an incredible picture of a girl, how old is she? Four years old, Portia Walton. Um, running, well, she's not running towards this gentleman with his arms outstretched. She's actually running towards the photographer. Who was taking these photos, by the way? Who was going around taking these photos of all these dead bodies and these people pretending to be dead and these children running? That's it's an odd thing, isn't it? One of the most moving images of Kenya's Westgate Mall terror attack, a little girl running in terror across, uh, uh, I used the word terror twice there, it's a small quibble, across an empty cor- corridor to the outstretched arms of her rescuer. And women's anger as police drop Lib Dem sex inquiry. Women who claim they were sexually harassed by the Liberal Democrat peer Lord Renard expressed anger and frustration last night after the police announced he would not face criminal charges. Well, I know that there, there are, uh, is a local connection uh, there. We will uh, have a little look at that. And in regard, someone just typed on my screen, it's CCTV. That's not a CCTV. That's, that's a photograph. That's a photograph. 08459 455 555. Here's a cheeky little bit of Nick Lowe. I love the sound of breaking glass. to reevaluate the career of Nick Lowe, don't you? That's a cracking song. Very, very good. Excellent stuff, Mr Lowe. Thank you. Now, should there still be a choice on burial or cremation? Are you a bit selfish? 
If you get buried, there's no room for you in the ground. According to research carried out by BBC Local Radio, almost half of all local authorities will have run out of burial space within 20 years. So surely it's time we looked at alternative send-offs for our loved ones. Well, our reporter Justin Daly has been looking into this. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. You well? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Part of me would like to be buried in the ground. It's a romantic, old-fashioned notion. Mm. Um, but... Uh, I'm starting to think maybe it is a little bit selfish, and it's it's a slightly old-fashioned concept, perhaps. I mean, you say it's selfish, but we've got so much land in this country that, that is not being used, so many new properties going up right now. We need more cemeteries. Surely that would be the simple answer to these problems, just build more cemeteries. It's not, it's not cost-effective, and it's, it's not practical, really, is it? Mm, I don't know. I mean, if the land's there, I would say it should be being used, but then again, that's just me. So I have been asking the question, the, the rather insensitive question, but I think it's relevant for this. Is burying the dead just a waste of space? And here's what people have had to say. Yes, it should be cremated. We haven't got the space these days, in this day and age. Unfortunately, we're too crowded. We haven't just haven't got, we've got a big population. We've more and more uh, requirement for housing and, and other developments. We, you know, we sort of um, we can't afford. And just so. lastly, what would you say to anybody who's listening to this right now who's saying? They simply don't believe in cremations. If if somebody was to pass away in their family, they would want a burial. What would you say to those people? If space doesn't permit, you quite simply can't have it. End of story. You know they've got to they've got to reflect upon that and reconsider. You know, in places like Tibet, for instance, they they actually put their dead out for the for the uh, the vultures because they. They can't dig the ground. Even, even today, that's how they dispose of their dead. They can't afford the wood for, for, for cremation. They can't dig the ground, it's too frozen. They have to use the most expedient means, and so do we. Mind you, we don't really want to be going down the lines of Tibet, do we? Well, we, we don't, and we don't need to. And we don't need to, but all I'm saying is that, you know, um, circumstances must dictate. Well, I think um, if the space is there, there should be, there should be an opportunity to be able to bury especially older people that can be a reference to the younger generations as to um, someone you claim to be your parents, you know. It's interesting what you say there, because we are running out of space, so if space is limited, you're saying that space should be dedicated to, to the older generation, not the younger generation if they pass away. Well, from my point of view, yeah. yes, I would say yes. I'm not religious, so I think, yeah, they probably are a bit of a waste of space, I think. Cremation's the way most people are going, so graves are, it should be smaller. Certainly not, no. I think it's more of a space to show your um, feelings afterwards, whereas a crematorium is just a little plaque and nothing there. I've only just refurbished my wife's grandparents' grave last week yeah. and I got a lot of satisfaction from it. So look into the future, when you yeah. do lose somebody that, that, that you really care about, you would still want to have a burial, that for you would, would make you feel a lot easier, let's say? It would, yes, definitely. But if it's not to be, it's not to be, is it? No, not really, I think uh, traditional and the way you have to respect your elders, I think they've still got a right on this planet to be buried in a private cemetery. It's interesting he says we've got to respect our elders, Justin, because of yeah. course we do. Mm-hmm. We'll have to earn that respect, I think. But uh, if there isn't room, we have, we have to look to future generations, don't we? And if there isn't room, 
um, th- th- then we have to come up with alternative methods, surely. Yeah, we do, and I think later on you'll be talking to somebody about those alternative, yes. uh, alternative methods. But, you know, a lot of people still want that traditional burial, and as I mentioned earlier on, certainly a lot of space out there, people think, well, hang on, if, if the space is there, build more cemeteries. Simple here's th- as that. Here's the thing, though. Unless, mm. it's on, unless you're buried on consecrated ground, i.e. in a, a church graveyard, mm. someone can come and buy that land and, and build a block of flats on it. And that happens yep. quite a lot. So yeah, would, you, would you want that for your gran? You know, your gran gets buried or whoever, and uh, five years later, there's there's a big wimpy uh, block of flats up there. No, I don't think a lot of people would want, want would want that. And of course, a lot of people as well, you know, talk now of, of, of looking at old graves and saying, right, when is the right time where, where you mm. can move and say, right, this grave was was used a hundred years ago, so now's the time where somebody else can have that land. That again is a is a tricky conversation to to look at. Justin, it's a tough one. Thank you very much for your help on that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are you a little bit selfish if you get buried in the ground? What what other alternatives are there? We've got some suggestions for you. They'll be coming up a little bit later on. 6.30 on BBC Three Counties. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 moving pretty well through the roadworks at the moment. Speed sensors and cameras not showing any delays as you make your way through from Chesington Enfield at Junction 25 through toward the A1M and South Mims at Junction 23. It's looking pretty good on routes into London as well. The A10 and A1 are moving OK, as is the M1, which is running nicely the whole way through the three counties and up toward Northamptonshire. Roadworks in Beaconsfield. This is the A355 Dorney Hill. You have some temporary lights between Burnham Road and Hare Hatch Lane near Dorney Bottom, and that can cause some delays coming down toward the M40. Not too bad at the minute, though. Things looking pretty clear in Dagnall, despite the water main work on the Dagnall Road. That's still ongoing at the junction with the B4540. And no train or tube problems reported. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning with the 6.30 headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. Hertfordshire police have been criticised for using a £700 per hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who stole £75 worth of goods. The worldwide hunt continues this morning for Aylesbury woman Samantha Luthwaite, the widow of 7-7 bomber Jermaine Lindsay. And a BBC local radio survey has found nearly half of England's cemeteries could run out of burial space in less than 20 years. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a Three Counties derby tomorrow in League One as MK Dons play Stevenage. The Dons are 8th in the table with Stevenage in 18th place. The borough manager Graham Wesley says they know what to expect. They've been knocking at the, at the top end of the league for, for years now um, and uh, they haven't got out of the league. Um, they're, they're still in the league and that's, you know, that's a measure. They've been at the top but they haven't got out of the league. So um, you know, we know not to underestimate them because you don't knock at the top for, for no reason but you don't stay in the league for no reason either. In the Championship, Watford take on fellow promotion candidates Wigan and in League 2, Wickham are at Rochdale. Luton, meanwhile, travel to Hereford tomorrow in the conference, looking to make it four wins on the spin. Striker Mark Cullen has scored four goals in two games for the Hatters and manager John still feels his side are now creating the chances for the front men to score. Look, good in pre-season. Wasn't perhaps firing all cylinders at the start of the season. Is that because he was missing chances? I can't remember him missing. Were we creating chances? That can be the key. Were we creating chances? It's good to see see him scoring, but it's good to see him contributing to the, the, the team performance as well. 
England's women sealed their second big World Cup qualifier win in a row last night, beating Turkey 7-0 at Fratton Park. The result follows England's 6-0 win over Belarus last week. Steve May was watching. Easy to see why there are 54 FIFA rankings between these two sides, but England got the job done. Everton's Tony Duggan had scored twice by the third minute. She was to complete a hat-trick by the interval, with further goals from Ellen White and Eniola Aluko. The 6,200 crowd here expected more of the same in the second half, but only got two. Aluko got her second and substitute Natasha Dowie made it eight as a number of other England opportunities went wide. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven o'clock. You right? Yeah, fine. Excellent. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Mixed bag this morning. Your shoplifting stories, your uh, thoughts on whether it's a little bit selfish to be buried. I kind of think it is. A romantic part of me, romantic... What's romantic about a decomposing body underground? Not a lot. But a romantic part of me would like to be buried. Um, but I think that's just because I'm a little bit of a traditionalist. Practically, it isn't going to work. And I guess there is something um, uh, nice, that's the wrong word, comforting about having your, some ashes and going and scattering some ashes. You can't just scatter them anywhere. You have to, I think you have to get a licence. You have to get permission to go to certain places. I mean, to be honest, what are they going to do? Oi! Go and gather those ashes again and, and, and put them back in the urn. So I think, you, you know, as long as you do a quick scatter, maybe you could do it like they do in um, The Great Escape. You have it down your trouser leg and just shake your trouser leg as you're walking through the park that your dad used to like. I don't know. Is that an option? Might be quite a fun way of doing it, actually. I don't know. What do you think? Is it selfish if you get buried? Have you got your plot of land all uh, set up? But don't worry, we're doing jolly stuff as well. It's not just miserable stuff. Uh, we've got a, a member of our team had something rather nice happen to them that restored his faith in humanity. We had an email from a listener a couple of days later that something nice had happened to her and restored her faith in humanity. When has, uh, when has your faith in humanity been restored? Let's have some nice stories this morning. It's been a tough week for everyone, so let's have a few nice stories. 08459 455555. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West LA Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Oh, but that one night Was more than just right I didn't leave you Cause I was all through Oh, I was overwhelmed And frankly scared as hell Cause I really fell for you Came to, and I was overwhelmed and frankly scared as hell. 
BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm joined by Paul Scoynes. We, uh, we were just talking about, this mm. is the target audience, Yeah. Uh, pop group The Pixies. Yes. You're going to go and see The Pixies tonight. I am, yeah. And I was just saying, I saw them play at the Old Trout in Windsor, a pub, um, uh, 23 years ago, the night before they played the Reading Festival. It was wonderful. Wow, were they good? They were excellent. Kim Deal, the uh, bassist, who's not with them anymore, unfortunately, no, she's not. was giving me the eye. Really? <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> <laughs> Very, now listen, the reason we've got yeah. you in... It's not to talk about some of the exciting council meetings you've literally been falling asleep in. <laughs> yes. You d- is that true? Yeah, I fell asleep in one the other day. Wow. I go, I'd been here early. You, yes, you've been I'd working been hard. I'd been working early, and um, I'd went to one, and it was dragging on a bit, shall we say. Okay. Um, it was about fracking, except yeah. it was actually, about one minute was of it was about fracking. Uh, uh, a lot of it was about something fairly tedious, and I was doing that nodding thing oh. where you kind of go, hey, you uh, Unfortunately, I was in the corner of the room, so I don't think anyone noticed. But okay. I think I might have blown that now. <laughs> I think they'll have noticed now. <laughs> well, the reason we've got you... Over, I thought we'd do something nice. It's mm. been a tough week for yeah. the world in general. I thought we'd do something nice. Acts of kindness. Turns out there are plenty of good people out there. Um, we, we had an email from a lady that uh, we, we'll speak to her after 7.30. But something nice happened to you yes. this week. And, and we can talk, talk about it on the radio. We can do that. This one we can, yes. Um... I, I'm a bit absent-minded. Uh, I forget things quite a lot. In fact, only this morning I spent 20 minutes looking for my wallet only to find that I left it in my car. <laughs> so it's that sort of thing. I do leave things yes. in places. Yes. And um, I'm without a... Uh, uh, well, my, my car was in for servicing, so I was having to get in the bus into, into work. Uh, it's not something I usually do. But anyway, I have my Kindle, my sort of e-reader, on, um, uh, on the bus, and I was, I was reading that. Sherlock Holmes. I'm getting back into the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And um, I was checking an email at the same time. Bus came to my stop. I got up, left my Kindle on the bus. And you were were very upset by this because uh, I was noticing your face, but you were very upset. Mm. I noticed for the next three days at work, you were banging on about it. Uh, Yeah, I was frustrated. And I was trying to work out whether or not because it hadn't been uh, handed back in and I was calling the bus company every day I was calling the police every day Wow, I bet they loved um, you Yeah, they were not, not particularly Is that fair about his e-reader yeah, again? blowing Kindle um, Others are available But um, that is a really good one Yeah <laughs> uh, It was a good one as well It had 3G You know, it was. I'd spend that little bit extra money on it because I wanted to be in, I didn't want to have to log on to Wi- Anyway So, um I was, I was clearly upset, and um, I was trying to work out, well, can I declare it stolen because mm. no one's handed it back in? Isn't it disgusting? I'd got, I called uh, you know, Amazon and got it stopped, all of that sort of stuff. So it was use. It was basically an expensive piece of plastic, which I suppose is what it was anyway. Yes. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I got a call yesterday. Yep. From, uh, How many days after losing it was this call? Uh, it was about a week. A week, okay. Um, 
from the bus company mm. saying, oh, we've got your Kindle. Someone handed it back in. Wow. Um, and actually, it had been with the company for about a week, for about five days, right. but the person hadn't come back on they were, shift. They were reading your books. They might have been. <laughs> they were, they were finishing your show. Going, oh, is that how it ends? Oh, Fifty um, Shades of Grey, all three, all three, all, uh, all three versions. And so, um, yeah, so I've, I've got it back. So I've, 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 I've put a post on my Facebook page, and um, I've got some chocolates and a thank you card. Although, interestingly, that seemed to cause a bit of a... Uh, and a, a discussion because one of my one of my relatives said, "Oh, that's lovely," and the other and, and a Facebook friend said, "Well, actually, why should you give a present to say oh. thank you? They should just do that anyway." I mean, well, you're thanking somebody for doing what they should do. I thought, well, no, but hang on, this was you know, I'd, I'd probably go and buy another one at some point. Yeah. Um, so it has saved me quite a bit of money. So you've got a nice thank you card that oh, says "Big well, Thanks," right. and you've got some uh, some chocolates. They're nice ones from yeah. Marks and Spencers. Yeah. Um, Permission to speak freely. Uh-huh. Are you going to put a tenner in that envelope? I was going to put a, a, some money in there. Well, a tenner's the minimum you could put in Is there. Is it? I think so. Do you think? You're going to put five pounds in there. I was going to. Wow. I got some chocolate. I t- I t- can we put it out to the listener? Would you mind? <laughs> yeah, go on. But uh, how much is, a, is a, an e-reader these I've days? Got, I mean, with the, with the case, it was probably cracking on for two hundred pounds. Okay, so two hundred quid. Yeah. You've been saved. Yes. By a, a kind. And do you know the name of this? Is it man, woman? Do you I know don't know. About no, them? I don't know whether or not it was somebody on the bus who handed it to the driver, or whether the driver walked down the bus and found it. So, but it was you know, it, this is basically going to the driver. Okay. Well, the, 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 a couple of things come from this, the listener. I do need your help. That's a lovely story. It's genuinely a nice story. I like hearing stories about people handing things in it's and finding nice things. That, that still happens. It right? is nice. We kind of oh, hey, hoodies and um, mm. binge drinking and terrorism. No one does anything, but there are nice people out there That's right. who hand things in. So well done to that person. Have you ever had hand? Have you ever had anything handed in or handed something in yourself? That's the first part. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. But I would suggest the slightly more um, the, the um, interesting aspect of this is. What would be a suitable reward? They've handed in 200 quid's worth of kit. Box of chocolates, nice chocolates. Hmm. It's not a packet of Rolos or anything. It's not. Uh, and a card. Is that enough? I kind of think Paul Scoyne should put a tenner in that envelope as well. I'm sort of halfway there to agreeing. Well, you, yes, halfway there is a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that's not enough. Quite literally. Or. Let the listeners decide. Okay. They will tell you. These, these are my Maybe moral come compass. Back and say 50. You know that's what they'll say, and then I'll be then I'll be duty bound to that. Kelly Bates, can we put this question on the Facebook page? What what reward should Paul Scoynes give to um, to uh, his his saviour? And you can give us a call as well. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, and you'll abide by what they say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Possibly famous last words there. Right, the A1081 in Harpenden looking quite slow on the northbound side as you go past the station. It's getting a bit busy in Dunstable. Not too bad at the minute, but the A5 just slowing up a little bit between a set of A505 junctions there. Leighton Buzzard looking clear on the sensors. No trouble in and around Milton Keynes or Bletchley yet. And the M1 is running well. Through Sandy and Biggleswade, no delays on the A1. And the A1M is looking pretty decent past Stevenage and Welland down toward the M25, which itself is actually looking over 
okay through the roadworks section, slowing just a little bit from Waltham Abbey to Enfield, junction 26 to 25 as traffic starts to approach the roadworks and the 50 mile an hour restriction. But we've got no issues on routes heading into London. The A1 and the A10 are looking good. The M40 and even the A40 running well as well. Trains and tubes, no problems or delays reported. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. It's 6.46. It's Friday, the 27th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire police are defending their decision to scramble a £700 per hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who stole £75 worth of goods. The worldwide hunt continues this morning for Aylesbury woman Samantha Luthwaite, the widow of 7-7 bomber Jermaine Lindsay. And in sport, England's women footballers sealed their second big World Cup qualifier win in a row, beating Turkey 7-0 at Fratton Park last night. Coming up, we'll get your stories about human kindness and we'll be deciding just what reward Paul Scoynes should give. 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's a rather chilly start to the day, actually. We've got some some of our weather stations um, observing temperatures of around 5 or 6 degrees Celsius out in the countryside, holding at mostly double figures in the towns. But a chillier start than we've been used to recently. We don't have the mist anymore, so lots of brightness around through the morning and, um, and some sunny spells from the word go, really. Warm autumn sunshine for the rest of the day. The easterly breeze picking up somewhat into the afternoon, but we're looking at top afternoon temperatures up to 19 or possibly even 20 degrees that's uh, 68 in Fahrenheit it's going to be a lovely day today just turning a bit breezier a bit later on now as we head through into this evening and overnight staying dry uh, because of the breeze temperatures probably not dropping quite as low as they are at the moment uh, we're probably still looking at double figures um, even in some of the rural spots and then into tomorrow um, a lovely day actually the weekend is looking dry we'll see some lovely spells of sunshine around again top temperatures up to 19 or 20 degrees Celsius still above average for the time of year it's just going to turn really rather blustery that's all so the fine weather continues for the next few days at least that's the forecast Nick Coffer This afternoon I'm off to the St Albans Beer and Cider Festival Across beds, hearts and bucks It's not just about tasting all the wonderful real ales I'll also bring you live Zimbabwe and gospel music Comedy hypnosis I'm quite worried about this bit And I'll be getting all rhythmical by joining a garden jamming percussion group Nick Coffer Listen to all the sights and sounds from the St Albans Beer and Cider Festival Today from midday right here on BBC Three Counties Radio Boom, boom. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, human acts of kindness. I'm a bit wheezy today, I do apologise. Can you hear? There it was, that's the wheeze. <coughs> My excuse me. Human acts of kindness. When have you uh, found something and handed it back in? And did you get a reward? We shouldn't be doing it for rewards. Of course we shouldn't be doing it for rewards. But, but, but... A little part of our soul dies if we don't get a reward, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Paul Scoynes has a £200 Kindle handed in. He's bought a card and a box of chocolates. Now, now, no, I think that's a nice thing to do. I would, have, I would suggest a tenner or a book token. A book, we were talking about this off air. A book token might be a nice. Can you still get book tokens? Can you still buy them? Take them out for dinner? Could be good. Give them a weekend break. A 
tour around the BBC Three Counties studios. I'll even um, give them a signed photograph at uh, a reduced rate. So that, that could be fun, couldn't it? 08459 555 555. Uh, story on the front page of The Sun yesterday uh, about pilots falling asleep uh, on the job. And uh, there's kind of a follow-up study to that in a lot of the other papers. Um, oh, yes, look at this. Uh, about uh, lots of pilots have fallen asleep. 56% uh, who admitted nodding off said that 29... Hang on, what's this? And of the 56% who admitted nodding off, I see. As many as 29% said they'd awoke to find the other pilot asleep. That's a little bit worrying. Well, how worried should we be? Chris McGee is uh, a pilot from Luton. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Julian. So, the, the, one pilot falling asleep on, on a long-haul flight, 12-15 hour flight, that doesn't surprise me or worry me too much is that common practice uh in actual fact it is and we do uh, try to schedule sleep um because on long flights it is a good thing to do to take a power nap Um, what's your definition of a power nap well you don't want to get into deep sleep so it's usually about something like 20 minutes okay because the 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 kind of worrying line on the front of the times is we're falling asleep on the job more than half of all airline pilots have fallen asleep on the flight deck that's not particularly concerning is it um, we've got to be very careful not to sensationalise it. Yes. yes, it is concerning. Uh, obviously, people are falling asleep because they're tired. That's a, an obvious statement. Mm. You shouldn't really be tired when you're on duty on a flight deck. But it's very difficult when you're facing with the, the, the normal human problems of things like circadian rhythms, jet lag, in other words. We all do have, we all do have that issue, but obviously when you're operating machinery... It's, uh, it's, a, it's, another, it's another case in point. But we do have systems in place, huge safety systems in place, to minimise any risk. Obviously, our autopilot uh, is it's a tremendous system. But yes, it's concerning. Well, the, 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 the thing that concerns me most is you carry on reading that sentence, one in three has woken to find their co-pilot asleep. So that would mean that, that, that both pilots are asleep while the plane is flying. Yes, indeed. Um, certainly, there is... Um, a great deal of concern in in, uh, in the industry amongst my colleagues at the moment with regards to the erosion of any flight safety standards with the proposed introduction of the new flight time regulations, which are, are going to be coming in soon, we think. We would like that to be uh, readdressed, shall we say, because with the flights getting longer and longer, um, I don't think we're in a position that we really would like to be squeezed much further because as humans, we're kind of running out of capability at that point. So what are the rules at the moment then? How far and how long can pilots fly and what sort of brakes are they allowed? Oof. They, the rules themselves are, not to sidestep the question, they're actually very, very complex because it depends on right. how, many, how many legs you've flown if you're starting off from a time that you're acclimatised to. It's things of that nature. But, but you're saying that the pilots are, are, are kind of pushed as it is and new rules that are coming in will push them even further? Pilots at the moment are just at a, 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 we're at a, we're at a safe point. We wouldn't really want to go a lot further, no, that's for sure. And certainly the way that the, the, the new rules appear to read, they're going in a direction that we find a little bit unacceptable, generally how, speaking. How good is autopilot? What can and what can't it do? Oh, these days they're phenomenally sophisticated. In actual fact, aside from actually performing the takeoff, as soon as the aircraft is in the air, I can engage the autopilot, and on, certainly on my aircraft, it will take me to my destination and land it. And I, don't, I don't actually have to do a thing. Sorry, put it, the brakes on. It will land it for you? Yes, it will. That's incredible. So, well, 
It is and it isn't. If you think about it, it's actually been doing it for a long time because the technology to do this was introduced quite some years ago and you've probably been on board when it's done it itself. Think of a foggy day. Yes. The aircraft itself, we monitor it, but the aircraft itself will land itself. So do do we need to have two pilots on board then? Yes, you do, because there's always things that um, can go wrong. The systems themselves are not infallible and nor are we. So that's why we have these with these fail-safes. The pilots are there to monitor each other and the aircraft. Finally, Chris, the, the, these two pilots that, that fell asleep was on the front page of The Sun yesterday. The Times is saying, uh, the Civil Aviation Authority says, quote, both members of flight crew had only five hours of sleep in two nights due to longer duty period with insufficient opportunity to sleep. Mm. Is, is, is that common? Uh, it... it I, I wouldn't say it's common, but it, it certainly can happen, uh, even down to something along the lines of you arrive in a hotel and it's somewhere that, that is, it's a good hotel, but you still have, it's the fact it's a 24-hour environment, you might be arriving somewhere that it's your local body time mm. to sleep, but it's not the hotel's body time to sleep. And of course, people are getting up, there are cleaners, and you are disturbed. That is a, that is a fact of life. And, and aside from building as a blockhouse on the moon, there's not much way we can insulate ourselves from that, sadly. Chris, I, I appreciate your time this morning. Chris McGee there talking about uh, well, pilots and um, uh, uh, their tiredness. 08459 555 Now, BBC introducing programme here on Saturday night um, from 8pm, uh, where we play un- unsigned, unknown bands, groups, singers, songwriters, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're in a band and you've got some decent music, then send it to uh, bbc.co.uk slash introducing. And you might get played on this show, like Wild Sun, who are a four-piece from Hertfordshire. This is their track called P.S.
That's P.S. by Wild Sun. They're from Hertfordshire. It's fun time, sunshine pop. You can hear more music from the three counties every Saturday evening from 8pm. The picture of Paul Scoynes with his reward he is giving to the person who handed in his e-reader is now on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Is Paul being a little bit disingenuous by giving a box of chocolates and a card? I suggest a tenner gets slipped in that card. What do you think? What do you think? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can also give me a call 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, two lanes are closed. This is a vehicle fire between Junction 23 at the A1M and 24 at Potter's Bar. Lanes 1 and 2 of the motorway are closed on that clockwise carriageway. All traffic getting past in lane 3. And of course this is as you head into the roadworks section. Anti-clockwise starting to queue as well. Waltham Abbey to Enfield into the works. Slow past Kings Langley at Junction 20 and busy around the M40 at Junction 16. Other motorways looking fine though. No delays on the M40. The M1 is a nice clear run north and southbound and we're looking good on the A1 and the A1M. A little busy in Harpenden though on the St Albans Road. The A1081 northbound as you come towards Station Road at the B652. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. We've gone into a little bit of Roberta Flack. I don't know how that happened. Let's let's skip past her, shall we, and go there instead. Dear me. I do know how that happened. I messed up. A little bit of flacking live on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you to Kelly Betts for that joke. Here's the news with Catherine Boyle. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, Hertfordshire Police defend use of helicopter, international hunt for Aylesbury widow continues and Pickles slams council's use of CCTV. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police are defending their decision to scramble a helicopter to catch a shoplifter. The police helicopter runs at a cost of £700 an hour. The man they caught on Tuesday had stolen £75 worth of goods. Lorna Hankin has more. Officers were called to Tesco's supermarket in Bishop Stortford on Tuesday afternoon. A shoplifter had fled the scene with food and alcohol worth £75. A helicopter was used to chase the suspect as he ran through gardens in the area. After 30 minutes, a 25-year-old man was arrested and the helicopter cancelled. Defending their approach, Hertfordshire Police said where a crime is in progress, officers look to use every resource available, which may include the helicopter. The worldwide hunt continues this morning for Aylesbury woman Samantha Luthwaite, who's the widow of 7-7 bomber Jermaine Lindsay. Interpol are not linking the arrest warrant to this week's Nairobi attack, but it comes after much speculation linking the 29-year-old so-called white widow to events at the Westgate shopping centre. A BBC study has shown that almost half of local authorities responsible for cemeteries will run out of space for burials within the next 20 years and a quarter within 10 years. In the three counties, burial space will run out within five years in the borough of Decorum and within 10 in Three Rivers and Hartsmere. Cemetery managers want the government to change the law to allow them to reuse graves that are more than 75 years old. The Bank of England is to be given powers to review and change the government's help to buy scheme to address fears that it could over 
overinflate house prices. The bank will look at the scheme every year and propose measures to cut demand for the scheme if the housing market is judged to be overheating. Here's our business editor, Robert Peston. The Help to Buy scheme will provide taxpayer insurance for house purchases worth up to £600,000 in order to help those with small savings buy a house. But with house prices rising in London at an annual rate of almost 10% and also rising relatively fast in the rest of the South East, there have been fears that a dangerous housing market bubble is being stoked up. So George Osborne is responding to criticism of his scheme by giving new powers to the Bank of England to review it every September. The government says it wants to stop councils using CCTV cameras to issue parking fines to motorists. The community secretary, Eric Pickles, believes the cameras should be used to tackle crime and not raise money for local authorities. In Sport England's women football team sealed their second big World Cup qualifier win in a row last night, beating Turkey 7-0 at Fratton Park. It follows England's 6-0 win over Belarus last week. And the weather mainly dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 20 degrees Celsius. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Roberta Flack, go away for goodness sakes, woman. What on earth is going on with Roberta Flack? We haven't got time for you, Roberta. Please, please. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up. This morning, including Hertfordshire Police have been criticised for scrambling a helicopter at the cost of £700 an hour to catch a shoplifter who stole food and alcohol worth £75 from a supermarket in Bishop Stortford. Well, how seriously should shoplifting be treated? Should we kind of shrug our shoulders and sort of almost turn a blind eye or should we come down with the full force of the law? As graveyards announce they are running out of room, is burying the dead a waste of space? And can we do some nice stuff this morning? It's been a tough week, hasn't it? All around the world, horrible stories. Let's do something nice. Political reporter Paul Scoynes lost his uh, e-reader, his Kindle on a bus. He'd given up on it. He got it a week later. Someone handed it in. Fantastic. We've got a a, a listener coming up later on who had something nice happen to them. Let's have your nice stories. Ever been helped out by a good Samaritan? And on a side note, what should the reward be that Paul gives to the person who handed his e-reader back in? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Andrew's in Hatfield. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. You, you, you have a, a story about human kindness. No. Oh. No. Oh. Unkindness. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hang on a second. This is the negative Nelly. <laughs> We're supposed to be celebrating the magic of, of humankind. Go on. What, what have you got? Well, I've been taxi driving 35 years and I've found many things in my taxi over the years. Yeah. But two things that really stick in my throat. Once I found a phone, which I take, I've taken a German guy back to Heathrow. Yes. And I did it for another company, subcontracting. And when I got back, they said, oh, did, did, did you find a phone in the car? So I thought, oh, I'll stop and have a look. And I had a look, I found it. Oh, um, the man says he'll give us his name and address in Germany. Can you send it to him? So I said, yeah, sure. So I went to a post office, bought a jiffy bag out of my own expense. 
put it in a jiffy bag, put his address on it, paid for it to be sent recorded delivery, never even got a thank you. Oh, oh dear. And not only did I not get the money back that I spent out to send it to him, I didn't even get a thank you from him. I, I, I'm assuming you included your, your contact details in that package. Well, he could have thanked the firm, that's all he had oh, to do. Oh, okay. All he had to do was phone up, I and mean, I wasn't looking for a reward, I'm looking for just somebody to say, thanks very much, that's very kind of you, thanks a lot, that's enough. That's, that's, that is very, very naughty. Not even a thank you and an offer of covering your expenses, it is very cheeky. And then I had another lady that I picked up from a company, she was very lucky it was my last job, because it could have been lifted by somebody else. Yeah. But I got home and I looked in the back, and Kai thought, oh no, there's a blinking... What do you call it? Um, oh, I don't know. What, what, laptop. A laptop, right, yes. Yeah. So I thought, oh, no, it must have been <laughs> that last lady. Yeah. Um, so um, she did phone me because I gave her a receipt with my number on it. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I've got it. It's safe. I'll take it to your head office first thing in the morning, give it to security, and when you go to work, you can pick it up. No, I didn't get a thank you for that either. What, so what did she say on the phone when you said, look, I'm going to put myself out for you um, doing you a favour? What did she say? She just said... Oh, that'll be good. I'll be able to pick it up in the morning and put a phone down. Oh no! So, so you know, but I still, I still do. do well, I was going to say, if you if you had a political reporter, Paul Scoynes, drunk yeah. in the back of your cab, as he often is on BBC Expenses, I have you know. Yeah. Um, and he got out. He staggered out and managed to crawl to his front door, mm-hmm. and you found his. A couple of hours later, you found his Kindle in the back of his car. W- what would you do? Would, would you keep it, or would you, would you hand it into to the reception here? I'd ha- well, if I knew where he, where he went to, I'd take it back to where he went to. Or if I knew where I picked him up from, I'd take it back where I p- picked him up from. Andrew, you, you, sir, are a gentleman. Right, come on, we need to fight back. I want to fight back on this. Please tell me that those two stories with Andrew are the exception and not the rule. I wouldn't expect the German to say thank you. I'm not being racist, just a little bit. But please tell me that those are the exception, not the rule. Most Most people are good, aren't they? Most people are good at handing things in, please. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Shoplifting now. How seriously should shoplifting be treated? Hertfordshire police have been criticised for scrambling a helicopter at the cost of seven hundred pounds an hour to catch a shoplifter who stole food and alcohol worth seventy five quid from a supermarket in Bishop Stortford. The police have defended the action, saying where a crime is in progress, officers look to use every resource available uh, to assist in making an arrest. Well, uh, Harry Kaufer runs CCAS, the crisis counselling for alleged shoplifters. Uh, morning, Harry. When you hear the police have de- deployed a helicopter to catch a shoplifter, what do you think? I find this beyond comprehension. Let me make it quite clear. The CCAS do not and ever will condone premeditated shoplifting. That is theft. But here we, there's a difference between uh, premeditated shoplifting and a genuine mistake. To, but to spend £700 on a helicopter is beyond comprehension to track this man down. Should, should the police have just gone, oh, we can't catch him, let's let him go? Well, in other cases, in the case, uh, what is what is £700 of merchandise? You're, you're sending up a, um, a pilot, a helicopter, uh, it's quite a dangerous job, and uh, you expect him to... Ch- Chase after a person has stolen seven hundred pounds worth of goods. Well, seventy-five pounds oh, worth 75. of goods. Yes, yeah, so, so, so seventy wasn't even that that much. But 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 what, what are you suggesting we do, Harry? We just kind of shrug our shoulders and l- let them get away with it? Shouldn't we come down on all forms of crime with with the, the full force of the law? 
I, I would say yes. But you know, there are special mitigating circumstances. What might they be? Well, if someone's uh, suffering from postnatal depression, you find cases of uh, diabetic. Many youngsters, uh, parents are going through divorce. Well, hang on, Harry. We, we can't. We can't let um, kids whose parents are going through divorce go and nick. You know, go and nick bits and pieces. We can't. Uh, uh, why would a diabetic steal things? Well, sometimes. It- a person doesn't know they're a diabetic. Right. There's several thousand, several thousand people today have diabetes and do not know it. But why would that cause and them to steal something? And sometimes they may forget to pay for something. What? You wouldn't call them a shoplifter. Well, it's, it's, you have to have a bit of compassion for some of these people. But the, but the, it, it's hard to prove that someone's got um, PND or, or or that they forgot because they're a, they're a diabetic. I, I, I would suggest that a lot of those people are chances. Well, you, that, that happens to be your opinion, and I respect your opinion, but let's have a little compassion here. But uh, why should we have you, compassion? You, you can, it doesn't mean uh, when a person takes something, they do it intentionally. Of course there are shoplifters. Uh, these uh, very shoplifters, uh, um, they enjoy doing this type of thing. No way would we condone it. But uh, there are prob- people with problems today, and not aware you got the elderly people who can't afford heating and lighting but take themselves off to a supermarket, walk around, and he, he or she knows they're being watched. And they will play around with goods, giving the impression that they're going to buy and may panic and put something in their pocket. You wouldn't call them an actual shoplifter. Well, if, uh, if they were shoplifting, Harry, if they were stealing from a shop, I, I, I guess I would. You know, you, would you say either don't come in here again, but you wouldn't prosecute them? I, I, I don't know what I would do in that circumstance, Harry. It, it, it's a, an interesting point you raise. Thank you very much indeed. Harry Calfer uh, runs SICAS, Crisis Counselling for Alleged Shoplifters. What do you think? 08459 555555. Is shoplifting, I'm using that in inverted commas, acceptable in certain situations? Harry raised the point of someone with postnatal depression uh, who may be a diabetic. Or an elderly person who doesn't can't afford the heating. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, joined now by uh, Neil Aston, who is the chair of the Hertfordshire Police Federation, to talk more about the uh, the story of the seven hundred pounds an hour police helicopter being launched. Morning, Neil. Were you were you surprised that a, a helicopter was was scrambled to catch a shoplifter? No, not at all. Ian, uh, um, it's it's about. Uh... Uh, appropriate resources if they're available. I'm, I'm actually more surprised that uh, the helicopter was available because uh, uh, there's been a reduction in the um, ability for officers to utilise helicopters. So I'm, I'm quite surprised it was available. But clearly, in this case, it was available because it wasn't doing anything else. Um, had there been something more important for it to do, I'm sure it would have uh, done it. 75 quid, though from tesco's a company that you know that they they could absorb that against 700 pounds an hour for a helicopter that i'm paying for it it does seem a little excessive doesn't it uh no it it it, uh, of course the the 75 pounds is sort of a red herring really obviously this uh this chap was an offender and i I, so i think it's it was a man it's very unlikely he was suffering from postnatal depression and he was um hurdling through people's gardens so i think it certainly wasn't an innocent mistake uh, the the sort that harry was talking about um, uh, and of course, once this person is arrested, uh, we're then able to uh, go and check in his house. Uh, it's it's un- it's unusual in those sort of circumstances that it's the 
only offences he's committing. It may well be that he's uh, uh, got stolen goods at his house. It may well be that he's a serial shoplifter. So the £75 for the initial offence, uh, we, we have to get hold of these people to find out what else they've been doing. What's the uh, protocol, Neil, for getting the helicopter involved? What, what kind of process do you have to go through? It's, uh, whoever is on the ground commanding the situation will take, make an assessment of uh, what resources might be available and what, and what could be used. Uh, they will request it. Uh, that request will be um, considered, uh, given where the helicopter is, what it's doing. And as I say, uh, the, the £700, actually, uh, the, the major costs of the helicopter, of course, are owning or hiring it, uh, paying for the staff. Uh, those are the major costs. Actually, the, the fuel to put it up in the air is, is sort of a minor cost. Would people rather that it uh, just sat there doing nothing uh, or tracks down this offender who, like I say, may well have committed other crimes uh, and was actually hurdling through people's gardens? Mm. And I'm sure the, the residents of Bishop Stortford who, who may have seen this man running through their garden would have been extremely disturbed and wanted, um, wanted him caught. Neil, finally, I don't know if you heard our last guest, uh, Harry Carther, who was saying that there are certain times when shoplifting, and I'm using that in inverted commas is um understandable for example if someone's got post traumatic uh, postnatal depression or is um a, um a diabetic or is an elderly person who can't afford their heating bills do, do you agree with that that sometimes it's acceptable not acceptable, but it's understandable, and I think justice uh, takes many forms, uh, and police officers need to have their discretion to deal with those sort of incidents, uh, and I'm confident that uh, Hertfordshire officers deal with those fairly uh, and appropriately in, in the incidents that he's described. It may well be that sometimes it has to be a court that decides that, but in other times there's other ways of, uh, of resolving matters. Um, I've been a police officer for nearly 30 years, and I've resolved matters in, in those ways, uh, perhaps through speaking with the shop and, and, and working out what's going on. Justice isn't blind. It ought to take into account all the circumstances. Um, and, of course, actually, the circumstances he describes, to, for a theft to have taken place, there has to be guilty knowledge. Somebody has to be aware that they're committing a crime. Um, so, obviously, if they're not, then the, the offence isn't complete anyway. Neil, thank you very much. Very interesting. Neil Ulston uh, there, chair of the Hertfordshire Police Federation. Well, what do you think? Lots of issues being raised on the back of this. Thought this was going to be one little straight, uh, straight piece, but there's so many different questions coming up. Were the police justified to uh, d- launch the helicopter? You don't think you launch it; it takes it off, takes off, doesn't it? Were they, were they justified seven hundred pounds an hour for someone who nicked seventy-five quid's worth of stuff from Tesco? From Tesco, does that make a difference? It's a multi-billion-pound organisation that could absorb that. Shoplin- shoplifting is uh, estimated to cost the UK four point four billion pounds a year. So, were the police justified in uh, uh, getting the helicopter up in the air, £700 an hour, for a £75 shoplifting crime? And also, is shoplifting ever justified? 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are still two lanes closed. This is a vehicle fire between Junction 23 at the A1M and 24 at Potter's Bar. Lanes 1 and 2 are closed. Traffic having to pass in lanes 3 and 4. This is as you go into the roadwork section on that clockwise side, and it is causing a fair bit of a queue to build. The anti-clockwise side is looking slow through the roadworks from Waltham Abbey to Enfield, with delays further around the motorway then as you go past Kings Langley at Junction 20 and the M40 at Junction 16. Speed sensors not picking up any other major delays through the three counties. We're doing pretty well through Luton and through Dunstable at the moment. No issues on the A1 or the A1M as you make your way from the Black Cat roundabout past Biggleswade 
through Stevenage and down toward London. And all looking pretty good on the M40 and the A40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Gosh, look at the time. It's 7.18. It's Friday, the 27th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire police have been criticised for using a £700 per hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who stole £75 worth of goods from Tesco. A BBC study has shown that almost half of local authorities responsible for cemeteries will run out of space for burials within the next 20 years and a quarter within 10 years. And in sport, the President of Britain British cycling Brian Cookson says it will be a bad day for the sport if he is not voted in as the new president of the world's governing body, the UCI Today. Coming up, cemeteries and other places where people are buried are being run out of, uh, they're running out of space. Are you a bit selfish if you get buried? And what other options are there? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow afternoon, we've another three live games for you, including a three-counties derby. Bamford's header, and this time McLeod makes it 2-1. MK Dons hosts Stevenage for local bragging rights. And he's got in! Goal! Taken the lead, Luke Freeman's whacked it home. Watford are at home to Wigan, and Luton travel to Hereford. You can choose which game to listen to every week with Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Text on shoplifting. Um, uh, Lee in Sandy says, uh, When I was a kid, myself and mates were walking down a high street when my mate stole an apple. One apple. From the front of a fruit and veg shop, to which he was spotted, so we scarpered. Quick, here comes pickled scarper. And ran to the train station, got on the train. As the train was pulling out, two police cars and four police constables ran onto the platform and stopped the train and hauled us off all for one one apple is that a little bit excessive possibly did they ever steal anything ever again i bet they didn't oh eight four five nine four double five five double five please should there still be a choice on burial or cremation According to research carried out by BBC Local Radio, almost half of local authorities will have run out of burial space within 20 years. Justin Dealey has been asking people in beds, hearts and bucks whether burying the dead is a waste of space. Yes, it should be cremated. We haven't got the space these days, in this day and age. Unfortunately, we're too crowded. We haven't just haven't got, we've got a big population. More and more uh, requirement for housing and, and other developments, we, you know, we sort of um, we can't afford. And just so. lastly, what would you say to anybody who's listening to this right now who's saying they simply don't believe in cremations? If, if somebody was to pass away in their family, they would want a burial. What would you say to those people? If space doesn't permit, you quite simply can't have it. End of story. You know, they've got to, they've got to reflect upon that and reconsider. You know, in places like Tibet, for instance, they, they actually put their dead out for the for the uh, the vultures because they they can't dig the ground e- even today that's how they dispose of their dead they can't afford the wood for, for for cremation they can't dig the ground it's too frozen they have to use the most expedient means and so do we mind you we don't really want to be going down the lines of tibet do we well we, we don't and we don't need to and we don't need to but all i'm saying is that you know um circumstances must dictate i'm not religious so i think yeah they probably are a bit of a waste of space i think Cremation's the way most people are going, so the graves are, it should be smaller. Certainly not, no. 
I mean, it's more of a space to show your um, feelings afterwards, whereas a crematorium is just a little plaque and nothing there. I've only just refurbished my wife's grandparents' grave last week yeah. and I got a lot of satisfaction from it. Well, that, that um, uh, piece there from Justin has one of the greatest lines I've ever heard from a, a great broadcaster. Well, we don't want to go down the way of uh, Tibet, do we now? What a great line to say to a punter. <laughs> well, we don't want to go down the way of Tibet, do we? Uh, there are different options. If uh, you don't want to get buried, uh, there are other things that could happen to you. John um, Culverhouse is from Fantastic Fireworks Limited in Pepperstock near Luton. John, am I right in thinking that some people have had their ashes put into a firework? Oh, yeah, this is uh, not by no means new either. This has been, we, I think we first had a call about this about nearly 20 years ago now wow. from a guy who was a scientist and he was driving on the, it worked, uh, worked on in, in um, Salisbury Plain somewhere and he was driving home one night and he saw the sun set and he thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could have my fire, my uh, ashes put into a rocket and, and fired up into the night sky just as the sun's setting? And he, um, and he phoned us up and said, was it possible? Well, the short answer is yes, it's very possible to put ashes in a fire. But when you, when you got that phone call, John, what were, yeah. you, what were you thinking? Did you go, hang, on, uh, hang on one moment, sir. We've got a right one on the line here. He wants his ashes in one of our rockets. <laughs> Did you think he was bonkers? Um, well, no, I'm one of these people who, uh, who's never surprised by the inventiveness of all the, what's the, what's the word, eccentricity yes, of the English. that's so, the polite way of putting um, it. Yes, not bonkers. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so we, 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 listen, I'm a businessman, I'll do anything for a buck. <laughs> so, uh, I said, of course we can. And he, he actually, just to finish that story, he, he put it into his uh, will that when he died, he wanted that to happen. And um, about three or four years later, uh, we actually got the call saying from his son saying that his father had passed away and he wanted his ashes put in the firework and we did it we did it for them and they had it I think they did actually fire the firework off wow. over Salisbury Plain. Wow! So you weren't there for the actual um, lighting ceremony, uh, as it were, but as far as you know, they did it. They they took it up uh, on the planes and they they let it go. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And have you had? Is that the only one you've done, or have you had more? No. Well, that started a bit of a trend because that actually was on on BBC Radio, as you can imagine. Yep. It created quite a spark, and uh, I think it's in quite a few newspapers. I think this thing start, started in the states, where all wacky ideas come from. Yes, California, and uh, it suddenly caught on here. So, having having done that, then we started getting phone calls every you know not 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 a huge number but we did three or four a year i suppose mm. and then uh quite recently we did some quite um high profile ones um there was anita roddick particularly the body shop owner uh put it in her will that she wanted for her ashes to go up in a firework display and we we went down to littlehampton where she lived and uh did 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 a display on the beach down there where where we where her ashes went up and people find it a way of um i think they there is a sort of more serious side to this that funerals are fairly somber occasions and people want to lighten the mood and i was going to say what is the mood like it's like that is it is it you know when mum's rocket goes up in the sky are there people weeping or are they doing that ah oh what what is the kind of atmosphere like well i think it is the latter it is more of a an ooh ah occasion because um um, generally, that's what people want. The whole idea is that rather than, you know, be very tearful, we want to celebrate. 
but uh, we've had uh, we had a we had some quite bizarre ones. There was a uh, one recently where we did in in fact in Bedfordshire where the the son who the, the family who asked us to come and do the fireworks were the parents of one of the one of the victims of one of those mass murders up in the north of England. Oh yes. the, uh, I don't. It wasn't Ralph Moat. It was one of the other ones. But uh, I, forgive me for mentioning it on No, air. that's fuzz. Uh, because they, uh, he, this guy was one of the was randomly shot. Yes. And, you know, one of the most tragic, terrible things that could happen to anybody. And uh, they were wondering what, what, how to celebrate his life. And they decided that that he loved fireworks and that he would want this. And so we did a we did we put, we sent his ashes up in a firework display at the house. Fantastic! In Bedfordshire a couple of years ago. John, I really appreciate you coming on. If if I were to get it done, what what kind of price are we looking at here? Oh, for you, it's a fiver. Hey, John, I'm in. Thank you very much indeed. Look at that, fantastic, John Culverhouse from Fantastic Fireworks Limited uh, in Pepperstock near Luton. Would you do that? It's interesting, isn't it? Funeral. He's right. Funerals are very sombre affairs. Oh, they're depressing. My dad's funeral, oh, so many tears. But if you went up in a firework, I think we'd have a bit of a laugh. Well, on Sunday morning, Helen Lee will be looking at how some churchyards are dealing with grave shortages. She'll visit one of only two consecrated green burial sites in the country, which is in the middle of rural Bedfordshire, from six on Sunday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Barry's in Houghton Regis. Uh, on Acts of Kindness, Barry, what happened to you? Oh, well, I'd been to a charity meeting, Ian, at, um, at Stevenage. And parked my car all day while we were at the hotel. And some colleagues and myself went back to transfer some stuff from my car. Couldn't get in. No keys. Searched everywhere. Couldn't find the keys. Um, my colleagues had to go off to various parts of the country. So I called the AA to try and help me out. And just after that, I discovered a little note on the windscreen saying that uh, Sue had found... Uh, an, an anonymous Sue had found my car key well, hanging in the car and taken to the police station. Oh, my God. So, so this, this anonymous Sue, there's an oxymoron, yeah. uh, 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 looked in and saw, what, the keys were just left in the ignition? As far as I can gather, yeah. Now, see, I would, um, I would think that was a little bit cheeky to take the, cars, the, the keys out of the ignition. Well, she'd probably been watching me because right. I'd been unloading the car. Or anyway, it was great. whatever happened, it was the best thing that happened. I mean, I was, I was in Stevenage. I live in, yeah. in Houghton Regis. Stuck there at five o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. You know, what do you do? And was it the police station open? You could go and get the keys, okay? Oh, yeah, well, the AA man gave me uh, a lift, actually. Oh, well, there you go. And did you never found out who this anonymous Sue was? Well, no, I'd, li- I'd like to. You know, give her a box of chocolates or something. When, yeah. when, did, when did this happen? Oh, it was about three weeks, four, five, no, six oh. weeks ago. Well, you know, and t- tell us exactly where it was. In the car park, outdoor car park, near the um, market in Stevenage, and um, I believe that they, the lady said she was going off to one of the cafes for the next mm. few minutes, but because I was there all day, and it was five o'clock the time, or four o'clock before we found the car. Well, Barry, listen, we've got an hour and a half left of this show. If, if Sue is listening, or indeed anyone who knows a Sue mm-hmm. in that area, who is, is a kind person, could you give us a call now? Because wouldn't it be nice, Barry, if we could get Sue on the line to say hello, and you could say thank you? That would be really beautiful. I can't promise yeah. anything, no, but we'll, no. we'll put that out there and we'll see what happens. Okay. Thank you, Barry. Stuff. What a lovely story. 08459 555. It's a long shot. It's a long shot. Can we find Sue, who took the keys out of Barry's car and took them down to the police station? 
and then left a note on the window saying, oh, I saw you left your keys in there. I've, I've, I've moved them. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise, it's now just one lane closed off after vehicle fire earlier this morning. They got the fire out. The recovery work is now ongoing. So you have one lane closed between Junction 23 at the A1M and Junction 24 at Potter's Bar. All traffic is getting past in lanes 2, 3 and 4 and heading into the roadwork section there. And it's causing a little bit of a delay. It's also looking slow as you continue through the roadworks clockwise once you get to the other end around Enfield at Junction 25. And the anti-clockwise approach to the works queuing from Waltham Abbey to Enfield Junction 26 to 25. Slow past Kings Langley at Junction 20 anti-clockwise and busy at the M40 Junction as well at Junction 16. On the M40 no travel past High Wycombe. It's looking nice and clear if you're heading north up toward Oxford. And then into London and onto the A40. No trouble that I can see on the cameras. Into London through the A1 though, Boreham Wood already starting to slow up Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning with the 7.30 headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. Hertfordshire police are defending their use of a £700 per hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who stole £75 worth of goods. A BBC study has shown that almost half of local authorities responsible for cemeteries will run out of space for burials within the next 20 years and a quarter within 10. And the Bank of England is to be given powers to review and change the government's help to buy scheme to address fears it could overinflate house prices. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's women continued their good form since the departure of Hope Powell as manager. They followed up last week's 6-0 win over Belarus with an 8-0 win over Turkey in their latest World Cup qualifier. Goalscorer Natasha Dowie's been impressed with the job done by caretaker coach Brent Hills. Really pleased. Brent's done well. I think he's enjoyed himself and we've all just tried to get our heads down and we've all got a point to prove now and it's competition for places so everyone's eager to get on the pitch and prove to Brent that they should be starting. There's a three counties derby tomorrow in League One as MK Dons play Stevenage. The Dons are eighth in the table with Stevenage in 18th place and the borough manager Graham Wesley says he knows what to expect. They've been knocking at the at the top end of the league for, for years now um, and uh, they haven't got out of the league. Um, they're, they're still in the league and that's, you know, that's a measure. They've been at the top but they haven't got out of the league. So um, you know, we know not to underestimate them because you don't knock at the top for, for no reason but you don't stay in the league for no reason either. In the Championship, Watford take on fellow promotion candidates Wigan and League 2 Wickham are at Rochdale. Luton, meanwhile, travel to Hereford tomorrow in the conference looking to make it four wins on the spin. Striker Mark Cullen has scored four goals in two games four for the Hatters. On the spin. Sorry, my microphone's open. How rude. Yes, pipe down. Manager John still feels his side are still creating chances for the front men to score. Look, good in pre-season. Wasn't perhaps firing all cylinders at the start of the season. Is that because he was missing chances? I can't remember him missing. Were we creating chances? That can be the key. Were we creating chances? It's good to see, see him scoring, but it's good to see him contributing to the, the, the team performance as well. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me and probably Ian in half an hour's time. <coughs> what, the four wins on the spin? It's like on the bounce. 
in a row. I, uh, well, okay, well, I've never heard the phrase on the spin or in a bounce. Well, can I tell you? Um, well, I've heard on the bounce, but I've never heard in the spin before. But yeah. I think it might be a Jeff Doyle original. Oh, mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to uh, uh, infiltrate he's the trying language. Trying to insert himself, yes. Okay. Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're talking the acts of humankindness. We're also talking rewards. Paul Scoynes, political reporter here, received a £200 piece of equipment he'd left on a bus. Someone handed it in. He's bought them a box of chocolates and a card. Well, well... We'll have a look um, at some of your Facebook comments, but a few people thinking Paul Scoynes is very tight. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR if you want to have your say on that. We'll look at that in about four or five minutes. Before that, International Police Body Interpol has issued an arrest notice at Kenya's request for a Buckinghamshire woman known as the White Widow. Samantha Luthwaite from Aylesbury was married to Jermaine Lindsay, one of the London 7-7 suicide bombers. She's been linked with the Somali Islamist group Al-Shabaab. Well, this was the reaction in her hometown. Having someone living in the street, not far from where I live, really, that really scares me because of my kids. It's terrifying. That's all there is to say, really. Shocking. To know that people like that can live around here and, and you not know who they are or, or what they're, you know, what they're doing or they've done. It's ridiculous. It's just weird. It's not what you expect to hear, would you? It's all the way over in Kenya. You wouldn't expect any news, anything that happened over there. No yeah. idea anything anyone that lived in Aylesbury had actually been any, taken any part of that. It's just shocking, really. Well, also as a result of what happened at the weekend, security measures are being discussed in the UK, including the possible introduction of random bag searches in shopping centres. Well, I'm joined now by Colonel Richard Kemp, a former security <coughs> excuse me, security advisor to the Joint Intellig- Intelligence Committee and COBRA, and was a commander of British forces in Afghanistan. Good morning, Colonel. How vulnerable is Britain to an attack similar to the one we've seen in Kenya? Well, I think Britain um, is clearly a target for Islamist extremism at present and has been since uh, at least back in 2001 and before that. Um, But I think the possibility of that form of attack is, while it's certainly possible, it's significantly less than in in places like Africa and South Asia, where access to weapons and significant quantities of ammunition and grenades and explosives is much easier. Um, than it is here, so I think that we shouldn't discount it as a possibility. We should we should make sure we uh, our, certainly our security services and police plan for it. Um, but it, but it is a bit less likely, I'd say. Samantha Luthwaite, that we're reading so much about at the moment. Do we know if she's involved in this attack? Is it likely she's she was involved in this attack? Well, she's been active in Al Shabab, the organisation that is believed to have carried out the attack. Um, for a number of years now and is a is i think a significant uh, terrorist organizer in that group so yes it's more than possible she could have had a role there and, and kenyan authorities uh, have they've what, what exactly have they asked interpol have they asked interpol to arrest her to issue an alert well as i understand it they've they've issued an arrest warrant which will require any any countries who uh, who have reason to believe or who she enter where she enters the country they, they will have to arrest her and she will then be uh, investigated in terms of uh, security over here, at large shopping centres, I'm thinking particularly of um, Westfield in, in Shepherd's Bush in London, which is huge, it's cavernous, it's pretty hard, if not impossible, to police it, isn't it? If someone wanted to go in there with, with weapons and rifles and things, it would be easy to do. Yes, I mean, I think, I think shopping centres um, should, should certainly have uh, strong levels of security, not enough to 
um, to make it difficult and inconvenient for people to come shopping. But perhaps random bag searches, the security organisations responsible for them, making sure that CCTV systems are working and so on. But none of that will stop the kind of attack we saw in Nairobi. Um, the, the only thing we've got, the only real tool we've got which will prevent that form of attack is intelligence. And we're very fortunate in this country in having some very effective intelligence services which have been responsible since uh, 2001 for um, putting 300 Islamist extremists uh, behind bars, and, and including 24 this year, which shows not only that they're effective but also shows that the threat is out there. But I think that's the main tool. The second tool is having police properly equipped with the right firearms who are ready, police and military forces who are ready to, to quickly take care of a situation so that admittedly in the, in the first instance there is going to be killing but, but we'll, we'll minimise it as best they can. Colonel, thank you very much uh, indeed. Colonel Richard Kemp. Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Paul Scoynes Political reporter and all-round nice bumbling guy uh, leaves his Kindle. It's one of those e-readers. I, I dis- uh, despise those things anyway. I would go and buy some books, for goodness sakes. Left it on the back of a bus. I'm not saying he was drunk, but... Uh, and he thought that was it. And he was... F- the, the, the office here was a nightmare for a week. Because he was, oh, I've lost my key. Oh, no, I was reading the Sherlock Holmes. Oh, he was miserable. Absolutely miserable. Well... Imagine that everyone's surprised when he, he posted on Facebook, someone's handed it in. I've got it back. So we, this morning we're talking about your, your stories of human kindness, where someone has done something, like handed back a wallet or your keys, and you've gone, wow, that's restored my faith. 08459 555555. Paul, to take this story a little further, has bought the person a box of chocolates and a card. Quite a small box of chocolates and a small card. It says big thanks, but it's a small card. I think the, the thing that was handed in worth 200 quid. I think you've got to go for at least, well, 5%, 10%, 10% of the value. I reckon you should put a tenner in that card. Why does it have to be money? I don't know. It's, it's, it's what we base our society on. It's an, obvious, uh, it's an obvious gift of gratitude. I'd rather a tenner than a box of chocolates. But the, the tenner and the chocolates and the card, that probably comes to just under 20 quid. That's 10%. Jan says a card and chocks is more than enough. Whereas Jane disagrees. That seems a little bit tight-fisted to me. Hope you're listening, Paul. If it were me, I'd put at least 20 quid in the card. That person might not even like chocolate. You're right, Jane. They could be allergic to chocolate. Paul Scoynes could be killing this person. He could kill them. Claire says, I agree with him. I think a book token would be a lovely addition to the card and chocolates. Um... Uh, and Jane's, uh, Jay says, what can you get for a tenner? Should be £20, in my opinion. 20 quid? He, he, he's been saved £200, so, yeah, maybe £20 is the way to go. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. Um, Paul has messaged me. Let's just read this message here. Paul said, he sent me two messages. The first one says, that's an interesting idea. The second one says, I think £20 may be a little bit excessive. So, um, let's see. Uh, alternative uh, funerals and graves. There aren't enough, there isn't enough grave space to sustain us. I'm surprised we've lasted so long. Loads of uh, uh, burial grounds in the three counties are saying, hold up, within 10 years, 
we're, <laughs> we're going to be full. No room at the inn. You're a bit selfish if you get buried. I think perhaps you are. It's, it's an ego thing, isn't it? Isn't it? An ego thing to be buried in the ground? I don't know. I know when my dad died, um, he's been cremated. I don't know, I'm sure. They've, I think they're scattering his ashes in, in Scotland, I think. Uh, but I don't need to go to see, bizarrely, for years, we had a gravestone for my dad in the attic. I know, really, <laughs> he brought it home one day. said, here, look at this. My mum was not impressed. He said, we can put it in the garden. <laughs> she said, no, it's going to go in the attic. And that's where it stayed for many, many years. It, wasn't a, it was a wooden one, but he, he thought it was hilarious. I thought it was quite funny. No one else did. My mother hated it. Um, Helen's in Milton Keynes. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Ian. You did something unusual with your dead uncle, if that's not too... Uh, uh, I didn't. Did. Okay, what did your aunt do? Well, my auntie and uncle lived on a farm, but he was a lovely man, but he was very lazy. If he could get out of doing a job, he would. Yeah. And anyway, unfortunately, he passed away. And I hadn't seen her since uh, um, he was cremated and everything. So I went to see her. I went to her house, and she's got these old-fashioned argus cookers, you know? Oh, yeah, the big things. Great stuff. And uh, there was just beautiful egg timer on the side. It was large, but it was beautiful. And I said to her, so I do like your egg timer. Where did you get it from? She said, well, you know your Uncle Jeff? I said, yeah. She said, it was a lazy so-and-so when he was alive. But she said, he won't be every day now when I have my eggs. And she turned it over and his ashes fell through. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit cruel that for all perpetuity, for, for the rest of time, your poor uncle, who, who liked to sit on his backside, he's going to be working, and it's going to be your, his wife that's making him work. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done. Does she still, does she still use it? Um, well, unfortunately, she's passed away. Oh. When, she, um, when, the, when she was cremated... Um, both ashes were put together and they were scattered in Scotland. Oh, so, so the egg timer no longer exists? No, not anymore. Okay. But Helen, what would you like done with your remains? Do you want to be buried, cremated, put in, a, in an egg timer or in a nature sketch? What would you like? I'd like to be cremated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether I want it put anywhere, I'll, I'll leave that up to my kids, I think. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think you're right. I think it is up to the people who are left behind to decide what to do with, 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 with the ashes. Uh, Helen, very quickly, while I've got you on the line, I don't know if you heard um, Paul Scoynes talking about his, um, his electronic book being handed in. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. He's bought a small box of chocolates and a card. Do you think that's a little bit selfish, a bit tight? Yeah, I think he should put Bobby a tenner in the card because she might be allergic to the chocolate. Oh, mm. um... Buy a bouquet of flowers or something to go with the money. A bouquet of flowers might be good. I think you're right. But but you, but you, you're agreeing with me that Paul Scoynes is a bit tight. Yeah, I think he should give some more of that. Because he's been giving everybody grief, hasn't he? Because he lost it. He's had GBH for the ear every day. So why not, you know, give a little bit extra to that lady because she went out of her way and... Found it. <laughs> Helen, you're, you're, I, I agree. I don't think anyone would, would disagree with that. Thank you very much. I tell you what we'll do. Uh, in about an hour's time, can we just clip that last little bit there of, of Helen? In about uh, 45 minutes' time or so, we'll get Scoynes down with the package and we'll, uh, we'll play it to him and we'll see what his final decision is. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. It's a quarter to eight, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Clockwise M25, you've still got a queue after the vehicle fire a little earlier this morning. It's between the A1M and Potter's Bar, junctions 23 and 24, where the fire was. Good news, because all lanes have now reopened. In the last 10 or 15 minutes, they got the last lane reopened because they finished the recovery work. It is still slow, though, back as far as junction 22 at London Coney. Anti-clockwise, stop-start from the M11 to the Enfields junction at 25 there, going into the roadworks. So past Enfield and Chesington through toward Potter's Bar, definitely looking slow. In Chesant, you're going to find a delay on the A10 southbound approaching the M25, and then it's also quite slow through Enfield further in toward London. Going around the M25 further, Chorleywood to the M40 starting to slow, junction 18 to 16. The A1 looks busy mainly as you go through London, well from Boreham Wood down toward Apex Corner certainly on the approach to London. And the A1M not looking too bad past Stevenage. Some short delays in Hitchin right now though, it's looking a little bit slow on the A602. And in London Coney on the A414 there's slow traffic at the A1081 junction, the London Coney roundabout. Trains and tubes, no problems reported. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. Adam. 7.46, it's Friday the 27th of September. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire police are defending their use of a £700 per hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who stole £75 worth of goods from Tesco. A BBC study has shown that Decorum Borough's cemetery space will run out of space for burials within five years and Hartsmere and Three Rivers within ten. In sport, Tony Duggan scored a 37-minute hat-trick as England's women thrashed Turkey 8-0 to continue their perfect start to the 2015 World Cup qualification campaign. 8-0, well, it's gone up an extra goal in the last hour. Wow. Coming up, we're going to hear a fantastic story about random acts of kindness. It's lovely, and it's kind of prompted... That, that together with Paul Scoyne's, prompted us talking about it this morning. But before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. There is a bit of cloud around still at the moment, but this will lift and clear and we'll see plenty of spells of autumn sunshine around for the rest of the day. A fine and a dry day, just turning a little bit breezier with an easterly wind into the afternoon. Now, it has been a rather chilly morning, but temperatures will rise slowly to 18 or 19 degrees Celsius. Might even get to 20 degrees this afternoon in Bedford, in uh, Leighton Buzzard in Ellsbury and in St Albans as well. Stevenage, 19 degrees Celsius here, 66 in Fahrenheit it's going to be a lovely day now into this evening and overnight it will stay quite breezy so this will probably help to keep temperatures into double figures just about everywhere because uh, they won't you know the air is going to be fairly mixed up by this wind so we won't see temperatures stick quite as low as they are at the moment uh, as we get into Saturday the wind's going to pick up as well so it'll turn quite blustery but dry and fine some lovely spells of sunshine again temperatures up to 19 or 20 degrees Celsius always best where you've got a bit of shelter away from that wind and Sunday is looking similar perhaps we'll lose lose a degree or so but still lots of sunshine around fine and dry for the next couple of days that's the forecast if you've got a problem with a company a council or an organization they were really really unhelpful they laughed at me the jvs show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems we have been back 11 visits each time because of the problems my husband's been having if you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Gentleman then agreed to refund me my money. As of yet, he's resold the 
the vehicle and still no refund. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. There was a cracking story on the Consumer Hour yesterday. I was listening in my car and I kind of went out of the reception area, so I, I, I had to slow down because I wanted to hear... It was amazing about a woman who broke down in her car and called up one of these recovery services. Oh, yeah, we, we, we'll be with you in three hours, which is quite excessive. About five and a half, six hours later, I think it may have even been longer, actually, six hours... They hadn't turned up. She had to phone her husband up and say, look, can you, I don't think they're going to come. She kept phoning up. We'll be with you in 40 minutes. The police came and helped her. It's an incredible story. I do thoroughly recommend you listen to the, uh, uh, the JVS show. Particularly, the, well, listen to all of it, but the Consumer Hour, is, uh, it really is, um, it's an eye-opener. Now, this morning, we're talking about acts of kindness. Plenty of good people out there. We've already heard from our political uh, reporter, Paul Scoynes, who got his e-reader back after leaving it on a bus. Well, he's not the only one who benefited from the kindness of strangers. We had an email yesterday, I think it was, from Flora McGregor. Good morning, Flora. Good morning. Thank you very much for getting in touch with us. What's your story? What happened? Well, I was on the Berkhamsted train to Euston on the nine o'clock train on Saturday morning after being dropped off at the station by my friend. I got up to the platform, got on the train, and I suddenly realised I had left my handbag in the, my friend's car. But this time it was on its way to Hemel Hempstead. And I, the lady who was sitting beside me when I said, oh dear, she said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, I've left my handbag. Oh, she said, um, well, I said, I'll have to get out at the next station. And at that point, she got into her purse and handed me a £10 note. She said, that will get you a taxi back to your um, friend's house. I was flabbergasted, and by the time I had recovered, (laughs) um, the the train was at Hemel Hempstead. I could not get her name or address or even town. But I assume she was in the Three Counties area, and um, hence my email to you yesterday, so that I could thank her. So hang on a second, what, so, so you didn't ask for any money or anything, you just no, told no. her what had happened? She just gave me this £10 note, and I got off the train, <laughs> uh, because it all happened within the time the train takes from Berkhamsted to Hemel Hempstead, mm. which is about three minutes, and this happened. I, I was just staggered. Well, I was going to say, that's, that's so unusual. When, when she made that offer, what, were, what did you think? What were you feeling? Well, I just felt so much gratitude. And at the same time, I felt a bit embarrassed. Yeah. Because I, I didn't want to take the money. But she said, please, this is, um, you know, she insisted. And by that time, the train was in Hemel Hempstead and I was out. And you didn't. She didn't give you an address or no, or nothing no. like that. She was just giving you that ten quid. She just gave me that ten pounds. Right, Flora. I, I want to find this woman. Can can you? What can you remember about her? Can you describe her? Um, she would be about medium height. I think she had a ponytail. Her hair was mid brown. I think, but that's about all. She, I think she was wearing jeans or and a top. Um. And obviously she was travelling into London. And what, just tell it, remind us what train this was and, and what it time? It was uh, 0900 hours um, from Berkhamsted to Euston. 
Well, uh, and I don't know where it even came from. I presume it came from Milton Keynes. OK, well, let's, let's put this out there. If this rings a bell, if this is you, I was going to say, if a friend of yours has told you they did this, but I would imagine this person would probably have kept quite quiet about it and wouldn't have gone off bragging that they'd done something like that. Oh, I just thought it was wonderful. I think that's... I think it is... And I, I just restored my faith in human nature. When we got your email, we all kind of looked at it and were, were cooing and ahhing as we went, hey, this is great. Well, Flora, listen, it's really nice to talk to you. I'm hoping that we may get to talk to you again at some point if we manage to track down this person. That would be lovely, and I would like to say thank you to her publicly on your programme. Um, <clears throat> it was such a wonderful gesture... And I appreciated it very much. Flora, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us. You see, if, if, you, if, you, if something happens to you, I keep saying this, if you've got a story, big or small, good or bad, do send us an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. It's a long shot. Can we find that woman who gave a tenner? She gave, I hope you're listening, Paul Scoynes, that <laughs> woman gave £10 to help poor Flora, who was stranded, good. without even any consideration for herself. If that story rings a bell, 08459 455 555. Well, Paul Scoynes is joining me because you are the other half of this conundrum. Mm. Very briefly, your uh, 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 e-book, your Kindle, yeah. left it on a bus. Left it on a bus. You um, went round making everyone's life a misery here at work. Yes. Then uh, what happened just earlier this week? I got a phone call from the bus company and uh, it's been handed back in. Uh, the, it's at the Lost Property Depot. Okay, so you're, and you've, as a reward, you've bought a box of chocolates and a card to say thank you. Small box of chocolates. They could be allergic to chocolate. Well, that is something I did wonder. I was wondering, do I get ones with uh, you know some nice, uh, like a, a boozy chocolate? I like a boozy chocolate, and um, I thought maybe I they don't drink. I think that's part of the problem. This is where it's gone. <laughs> he- we spoke to Helen earlier on. Yes, I heard. Do you want to, this? Is what Helen had to say. I think you should put Bobby a tenner in the card because she might be allergic to the chocolate. Oh, mm. um. Buy a bouquet of flowers or something to go with the money. A bouquet of flowers might mm. be good. Or a bouquet. I think you're right. But, we're, but, you, but you, you're agreeing with me that Paul Scoynes is a bit tight. Yeah, I think he should give some more of that. Because he's been giving everybody grief, hasn't he? Because he lost it. He's had GBH the year every day. So why not, you know, mm. give a little bit extra yeah. to that lady? Because she went out of her way and found it. Paul, is your heart melting yet? <sighs> yeah, well, you know... Yes. This is, ex- okay. So this is a rare moment of broadcasting history. I'm bringing Paul Scoynes and Justin <laughs> Dealey together. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Justin. Oh, how miserable is Paul? I've got the facts here. Now, this Kindle on the case, two hundred pounds. Okay. The box of chocolates we have priced this up two pounds sixty. I mean, that is ridiculous. I think it was two sixty nine. Absolutely outrageous. So, Ian, I have taken this to the streets this morning. <laughs> oh, yes. I've been asking people if Paul Scoynes, our political reporter, is an absolute disgrace. And here's what people have had to say. No, I think that's. Okay, it's a gesture. A lot of people nowadays probably wouldn't even uh, even bother to do that. So yeah, it's good. You say good lad. Absolutely, well on him. Good on him. I think someone someone like him should at least you know, give a ten pound tip or you know something upon them regions. But it, it just goes to show, isn't it? Yeah, I mean for a box of chocolates worth two pounds, he might as well not bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One percent, isn't it? One percent. Yeah, one percent. Two percent. Two percent. Yeah, two yeah, percent. So what would you give? What, what do you think is a is a fair price? I'd probably go for like 20 quid or something, personally. Yeah. If somebody gave me it back and I got it all back, yeah, 20 quid. And he's a political reporter. He mixes it up as well with the big cheeses, a bit like Nadine Doris. And there he is giving £2. The bloke's yeah. an embarrassment, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. I suppose it is, yeah. But then some people would give nothing, so they'd sort of take it and run. Do you think he should be fired for his attitude? I mean, he's uh, an embarrassment to the BBC. Yeah. 
Yeah. You think you should go? Yeah. Paul Scoynes. Utterly outrageous, don't you think? Uh, just say yes. 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 What would you give? Uh, for a Kindle? Uh, I don't know. A bit more than a box of chocolates. So you'd be grateful and you'd reward that person for finding that Kindle with some hard cash? Definitely. Definitely. I'll pass on the feedback. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Cheers. So you're a big fan of Paul Scoynes, aren't you? Of who? Paul Scoynes. I, I don't understand, sorry. Paul Scoynes. Paul Scoynes. Yeah. Political reporter. I've never heard of him. No, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. Now, what Paul did, he left his Kindle on a bus. That Kindle has been returned. It's worth £200 with the case. He'll be going along later on to reward the driver who found it with a stingy £2 box of chocolates. What do you think? Is that outrageous? No, I think that's just showing respect. No, I think that's fair enough, as long as the gesture is made. Well, there we... There we go. But, uh, nice to hear your serious voice in action, Justin. Absolutely. That's yeah, the same views. voice you use um, when um, someone has their house burnt down. Uh, yes, it is, actually. Funny you should say that. Yeah, mm. you're correct. Well done. But the majority of people basically saying that the political reporter Paul Scoyne's no good. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you got to think about mm. it. You've got to weigh everything up, OK? If he's prepared to go and spend £200 on those check shirts of his, <laughs> you know, and then he's going to be offering a £2 <laughs> box of chocolates, that, to me, just doesn't sit right. But that's just my mm. personal opinion. Paul, we've got ten seconds. Your, your feedback to Justin, your reaction. Utterly speechless. I, mm. I, a bit like most of our listeners. Mm. I'm not. A, I'm not a disgrace. Thank you, Justin. Paul, I, I suggest you um, go and have a good hard think in the toilets. Off you go. Lock the door. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just had a call from Tim about the A505. It's westbound and it's in Baldock as you head down toward the A1M at Junction 9. There's a car in the central reservation. It's now facing the wrong way. Police and ambulance are on the scene and the queues are pretty much back as far as the Royston and Baldock bypass. It's looking rather slow there around Royston and you can expect delays for the time being. We'll bring you more on that as soon as we have it. Now the M25 clockwise still queuing after the vehicle fire earlier from the A1M through toward Potter's Bar. It's slow back to London Coney. You can expect delays anti-clockwise through the roadworks section as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. I think poor Paul Scoynes is very, very distressed. <laughs> Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines. Hearts Police Federation backs use of force helicopter, international arrest notice for Aylesbury Widow and Pickles slams council's use of CCTV. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire's Police Federation is backing the force's decision to use a £700 an hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who'd stolen £75 worth of goods. In a statement, Hertfordshire Police say they will use any resource available to assist in making an arrest. The chairman of the county's Police Federation is Neil Alston. I'm, I'm actually more surprised that uh, the helicopter was available because uh, uh, there's been a reduction in the um, ability for officers to utilise helicopters. So I'm, I'm quite surprised it was available. But clearly, in this case, it was available because it wasn't doing anything else. Um, had there been something more important for it to do, I'm sure it would have uh, done it. 
Interpol has issued an international arrest notice for the Buckinghamshire woman known as the White Widow. Although her involvement is still unconfirmed, Samantha Luthwaite has been linked with the Islamist group which claimed responsibility for the attack on Kenya's Westgate shopping centre. Colonel Richard Kemp is a former security advisor to the Joint Intelligence Committee and COBRA. He thinks it would be a mistake to underestimate the Aylesbury housewife. Well, she's been active in Al-Shabaab, the organisation that is believed to have carried out the attack. Um for a number of years now and is, a, is I think, a significant uh, terrorist organiser in that group. So, yes, it's more than possible she could have had a role there. A BBC study has shown that Decorum Borough's cemetery space will run out of uh, bur- space for burials within five years and Hartsmere and Three Rivers within ten. Cemetery managers want the government to change the law to allow them to reuse graves that are more than 75 years old. The Bank of England is to be asked to review the government's help to buy scheme to address fears that the initiative could overinflate house prices. The scheme, which began in April for new build properties, is being extended to help people who are struggling to find a deposit to by a house. The government says it wants to stop councils using CCTV cameras to issue parking fines to motorists. The community secretary, Eric Pickles, believes the cameras should be used to tackle crime and not raise money for local authorities. It's become a cash cow and the legislation is very straightforward. It says that we should not use uh, parking violations as a form of income and we've seen this week uh, the number of authorities it's even bigger than the the amount of money that they receive in terms of the local rates the government says it expects royal mail to be valued at between 2.6 and 3.3 billion pounds when it lists on the london stock exchange later this year the communication workers union has expressed concern about the possible impact on jobs and customers in sport, Tony Duggan scored a 37-minute hat-trick as England's women thrashed Turkey 8-0 to continue their perfect start to the 2015 World Cup qualification campaign. Scotland also won 7-0 over Bosnia-Herzegovina and Wales beat Belarus 1-0. Herzegovina. Well, mainly dry with sunny spells. Am I saying that right? And a top temperature of 20 degrees Celsius, that's 68 Fahrenheit. You're kind of saying it right, but the accent's ruining it a bit. But carry on, sorry. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. That's better. Now, Catherine, very quickly, um, uh, I've just sent you some, uh, there's some breaking news has come through. I've sent it to you. Can you have a look and see if there's anything you can do with it, please? Yeah, thanks very much for Thank that. Thank you yeah, very much indeed. Breaking news. I don't want to be the one to break it. We need to, we, we like to check our, we're not like Sky. We don't just flash it up as soon as it happens and then go, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. We like to check our facts here. Hopefully at 8.30 we'll have, um, oh, an interesting twist on the story we're featuring this morning. But back to the rest of the show between now and JBS at nine o'clock. Lots to talk about, including Hertfordshire police have been criticised for scrambling a helicopter at the cost of £700 an hour to catch a shoplifter who stole food and alcohol worth 75 quid from Tesco in Bishop Stortford. How seriously should shoplifting be treated? You heard in the news there, graveyards are running out of room. Are you a bit selfish if you insist on being buried? And we're celebrating nice things today. Have you been helped out by a good Samaritan? Share your acts of human kindness if you wouldn't mind. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
How seriously should shoplifting be treated? Hertfordshire police have been criticised for scrambling a helicopter at the cost of £700 an hour to catch a shoplifter who stole food and alcohol worth £75 from a Tesco in Bishop Stortford. The police have defended the approach, saying where a crime is in progress, officers look to use every resource available to them to assist in making an arrest. Well, Jerry MacDonald is the Chief Inspector for East Hertfordshire, which covers Bishop Stortford. Jerry, it's it's a little out of proportion, isn't it? 700 quid to catch someone who's nicked £75 worth of stuff from Tesco. Morning, Ian. Certainly not. Uh, I think it's a proportionate use of our resources. It was available. I will use anything available to me to deal with offenders. That's why crime is so low in, in Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire is one of the safest counties in the country. But where do you draw the, draw the line then? This fella took 75 quid's worth of stuff. Would you have got the helicopter out if it had been 50 quid? Or, or 20 quid? Or a miles bar? Where's the cutoff? And, that, and that's the point, isn't it? He ran away from us. He jumped across people's gardens. We gave chase. What do we do? We stop? What do you want us to do? I mean, I'm being honest about it. My officers pursued someone who had stolen... You know, and, and and if you look into the circumstances around this, we we take a strong stance around crime. The offender certainly has to pay. We have to catch the offenders. That is why we are so successful in reducing crime. Was there a little bit of um, uh, male ego, a bit of testosterone amongst the, the, the police involved here, thinking, right, we're not letting this one get away. Get the co- get the, the copter out. I, I certainly take that point. We certainly won't let offenders get away. I, I expect my officers to do exactly that, to go after offenders, be firm, catch them, and, and ensure that the, the court process comes in place. So if someone had uh, nicked a packet of Wrigley, you'd have got the helicopter out for them? Ian, we probably wouldn't even known what they'd stolen at that point. We knew that an offender had made away, and that's as far as all we would have known. We wouldn't have costed it, we wouldn't have known how much, what was stolen, was a bag of crisps or £500. We treat every offender as rigorously as possible. How, do, how does the, the payment of this the, for the helicopter work? Because you have requests are done, aren't they, via the National Police Air Service. So, to, uh, how is the payment done? Do you pay per time you use it? Do you all chip no. into a pot? It, it all goes into a pot. If it's available, we could use them. Uh, so that cost would have happened anyway. That £750 would have been paid, regardless whether we used it or Bedfordshire used it or somebody else used it. So is that, is that, yeah. is that, is that part of the, the, the reason behind it? We've paid for it. We might as well get our money's worth. Uh, and, and if, and if the, 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 the helicopter's in the air, why not use it? Why not go after an offender? Why not be strong with offenders? Why, why not make sure that we target offenders and deal with them rigorously? Did you catch the fella? Yeah, locked him up, went to court, he pleaded guilty. And if you look at, into his previous, he's previously a burglar, he's previously been other offences, so that is the reason why crime is so low in Hertfordshire. So, uh, would you say, then, uh, Chief Inspector, that uh, most people who shoplift are responsible for other crimes? Uh, I would say there's a reason behind why they shoplift. There's a variety of reasons in relation to it. Um, and it could be, it could be, it could be somebody just hungry for food. Uh, uh, you know, it, or it could be a drug user who who is out there to steal in order to get his next fix. And do you take that into consideration? That you've got some old dear who can't afford the heating, s- stealing some stuff for their, their supper. Uh, w- would they kind of get, get a, a slap on the wrist as opposed to a drug dealer who you'd, you'd probably very, nab and chuck in the cells? In very different disposable methods in relation to this. Uh, one will go to court, and if you've got an old dear who's, who's struggling, well, why do we need to prosecute that person? I'm, I take a very sympathetic view in relation to this. Uh, and we, we will work with the courts, we will work with, 
there's a variety of, of disposable available to us. It's, it's interesting you say you take a, a sympathetic uh, a view on, on these. How, how do you know they're just not swinging the lead? Uh, because b- before we make a decision regarding disposals, the whole matter is fully researched. Uh, Chief Inspector Joe McDonald, nice to talk to you this morning. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. There we go. Always, I, always nice to speak to uh, the Chief Inspector. They're very passionate about what he does, and I enjoy that. Um, what do you think? Was it a bit excessive? Seven hundred pounds. An hour, £750 an hour, we hear, to get the helicopter out. Do you think it's a bit excessive, or do you think, well, actually, oh, for goodness sakes, this fella did something naughty. Well, earlier on in the show, in regards to this, I was speaking to uh, Harry Calfer, who runs uh, CCAS. Not CCAS, that's something, but CAS, I think he calls it. The Crisis Counselling for Alleged Shoplifters. He says that shoplifters should be treated with compassion, as sometimes there are reasons, like postnatal depression, as to why they've taken something. This was him earlier on in the show. Of course there are shoplifters. Uh, these uh, very shoplifters, are, um, they enjoy doing this type of thing. No way would we condone it. But there are prob- people with problems today, and I'm aware... You've got the elderly people who can't afford heating and lighting but take themselves off to a supermarket, walk around, and he, he or she knows they're being watched. And they will play around with goods, giving the impression that they're going to buy and may panic and put something in their pocket. You wouldn't call them an actual shoplifter. Oh, Russ has called in on this. Russ, do you, do you agree with what uh, Harry was saying? No, not at all, unfortunately. Um, you know, bless him, I, I think he lives in a different world, personally. It's, um, you know, if you go to a supermarket and take something, um, you know, unless you're mentally ill, in my, you know, you've got a mental reason for it, dementia, this type of thing, a mental illness, then um, you know what you're doing, that's for sure. But what if, okay, what, what if um, uh, post-natal uh, uh, depression, which, which can be very painful and, and very upsetting and can leave you very confused, uh, well, would, you, would you prosecute someone who, who, uh, under those circumstances? No, no you, you're talking about, uh, in inverted commas, a mental illness. A post-natal depression is, is, is an illness, a mental illness and a known one. Right. Um, no, of course, you, you, you take every, every job on its own merit. What about um, someone who's diabetic? Well, that's a new one to me, to be honest with you. Um, I'm 56, and uh, that's the first time I've heard of someone diabetic, you know, um, using that as a reason for shoplifting. Mm. But uh, it can create confusion. What about an elderly person who's a bit hard up? Yeah, um, I I, I, like the police officer said uh, in the first one, um, when he turned around and said, you know, I can understand it. I can understand why someone does it. But it's still theft, whatever way you look at it. Russ, stay there a second. Stay there, because Dina's called in from Royston. Morning, Dina. Good morning. Dina, what do you think? Do you agree with Russ? No, I think I think people shouldn't steal. Doesn't matter how how hungry or whatever they are, because in this country there are food banks, there are so many avenues where they can get help. So it's not justified. And I think um, the police in this country do so many beautiful things. And whether the helicopter cost um, seven hundred or seven thousand, I think it's justified because it's a matter of principle. And they are trying to do their best to say doesn't matter who it is, but if he's a robber, they will catch him. So you have no sympathy for shoplifters. No, no, no way. Even if they're still lit with, because I know some of my uh, friends are shopkeepers, and I feel so sorry for them when these people they trust and they respect and they 
steal things, and I think it's it's really evil. I think it's evil. Like evil, though, evil, though, did I mean, really? Even even if it's an elderly person who can't afford the heating and and is struggling to make ends meet, and they're hungry, is that evil? Yes, it is evil because there are so many things in this country. It's not like other the third third. I don't know how do you say third world country. We are here. We have so many avenues where we get help. So if they say. Um, they want to food bank or whatever, then they will go and supply. But the elderly system. people do die in this country because they can't afford to turn their heating on. Um, yeah, but they they should have layers of um, clothes on. There are so many ways they can uh, they can survive. I mean, it's not impossible, you know. For me, I don't have my heating on all the time, no. although I can afford it because I want to relate to how other people live. And I think, yeah, it is possible. If it was impossible, then uh, perhaps I will have sympathy with them. So, sorry, did you say you don't turn your heating on because you want to relate to how other people live? Yes. You, you want to know what it feels like to be cold and poor? Yes. Yes, I do. And then I think, no, there are ways of doing it. So I think it, it's not justified to steal things. Do I you think. ever go without eating or anything for a couple of days? Yes, I do, yeah, of course. I just drink hot water with lemon and that's it. Why? Because I think I want to see how it feels. Uh, because then you you can be compassionate towards the people who are hungry. But then I think I wouldn't steal. So I think if I can do it, then why can't they do it? Have you never ever been tempted? No, no. You, you've never been in the shop and thought, oh, I really fancy that apple. I haven't got any money on me. I just it's an apple. Tesco no, or Sainsbury's. No, never. Mind. Because I think no. Because there are so many beautiful people in this world, especially mm. in in England, yes. that they will help. So I think if the help is available, then we should be honest. What are you, you What are you doing today, Dina? To, to empathise with the poor? For me, I think for what I do is there are all elderly ladies in my village, so I think I just go and knock at the door and I say, come on, get ready, then I just take them to McDonald's or whatever, then we have a nice meal and whatever, and I take them for a ride and then I come back. Well, Dina, it's, it's very noble. Dina takes them to McDonald's and then takes them somewhere for a nice meal. Well, that's wonderful. Oh, no, she was t- say, taking them to McDonald's for the nice meal. Dina, that's uh, very interesting. Russ, thank you very much indeed. Well, Dina doesn't turn the heating on to uh, empathise with the poor. She doesn't eat for a couple of days to empathise with the poor. I have never heard that before. That's that's kind of... Uh, we're on Mother Teresa territory there, aren't we? 08459 555555. Fascinating. Quarter past eight. Travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A505 westbound, we still have reports of delays. The accident with a car involved near the junction with the 86141, apparently facing the wrong way, heading down toward the A1M. It was Tim who gave us a call about that one, said it was looking slow with delays back as far as Royston. Any updates on that would be very much appreciated. If you're in the area and you can see what's going on, do give us a call, 08459 455 555, if it's safe to do so. M25 clockwise, still quite busy. There was a vehicle fire early this morning between the A1M and Potter's Bar, so traffic going into the roadwork section is still quite slow, although all lanes opened about 45 minutes ago. Congestion is back to London Coney at Junction 22. The anti-clockwise side queuing into the roadworks as you go past Enfield at Junction 25. It's also quite busy. Maple Cross down to the M40 and a few routes into Ward London looking slow. The A1 through Boreham Wood, for instance, coming down to Stirling Corner. The A1 is also looking quite busy now, further up at the Black Cat Roundabout. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16, it's Friday the 27th of September. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chief Inspector of Hertfordshire Police, Jerry MacDonald, is standing by the decision to use a £700 an hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who'd stolen £75 worth of goods. 
Interpol has issued an arrest, an international arrest notice for the Buckinghamshire woman known as the White Widow. Samantha Luthwaite's been linked with the Islamist group behind the attack on Kenya's Westgate shopping centre. In sport, Warrington will face either Wigan or Leeds in rugby's Super League Grand Final after beating Huddersfield Giants 30-22 in their semi last night. Coming up, almost half of local authorities will have run out of burial space within 20 years. Should we start considering other options? BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> you're going to start that trend. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm going to send you some dates <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. It's just dawned on me. We <laughs> haven't been out for lunch. Uh, um, How long have you worked here now? Just over a year. That's right. We, we've had one lunch. We, yes, we did have one lunch. That the boss paid for. That's right. I'm hoping we can. <laughs> I loved your show yesterday. Did you? I Thanks. loved the, the consumer hours. You know, is, my, is the highlight for me of, of my day, which is a little bit sad on my part. But don't worry, I'm working on it. But the story about the woman who broke down in her car and the um, the roadside rescue service. Outrageous. Did, how long was she there? Five hours? Six hours? No, she was there. She broke down at seven o'clock in the evening. Yep. Um, by half past three in the morning, she was still not rescued. Wow. Isn't that outrageous? And also, what, what shocked me as well was at the first phone call, they said, oh, we'll be with you within three hours. A woman on her own, I know that stretch of road as well, just yeah. sort of near Ealing Common, which is, is a really busy piece of road. There's so much cars there. I, I, I've never phoned up my uh, roadside service company, uh, and they've always said, oh, we'll be with you in an hour. At worst, an hour and a half. But to say three hours and then still not turn up. It's outrageous. It's an incredible story. And we're... Oh, sorry. Uh, we're not talking about some little, you know, backstreet rescue company. Mm. You wait till you find out who it is. Write it down for me. Really? You want me to write yeah, it do, down? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, you want to know I, who it is? Down, I'll write down who I think it is. <laughs> and then you write down who it right. is. And um, then we'll see. Right. Is, right. It, is it that? No. Oh. No, oh it, no! You see, you—that was wicked. You thought it was them. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was. It was them. Well, well, well. That mm. really does. That's that's taken a twist. I'll have that pen back. Exactly. Later. That's taken a twist, hasn't it? Outrageous, eh? Paul Scoynes, uh, his Kindle left on the bus. You probably heard him yes, banging I on about it. This, and yes, no doubt, yes. bent your ear about it. Uh, Two hundred pounds worth of equipment. It was handed in. He's bought someone a tiny, I mean, a really small two-pound box of chocolates and a 69-pence card. Is that really a decent... Is he a bit tight? For handing it in? Yeah. £200 um, worth of equipment. Well, no, I don't, I don't think it should be a monetary That's reward. 0.15% of its total value. But this is not about a monetary reward. This is just about saying thank you very much and saying it with some chocolates and a little card. Supposing that person is allergic to chocolates and dies. Well, then it wouldn't be a very ideal present, and wouldn't I would it? suggest they'd be foolish to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> The thing 
is if uh, and, and let's you know but so if, do you think someone who's allergic to chocolates would say well i've been given them as a present for finding that kid i'm gonna have to eat them what i'm suggesting is people who are allergic to chocolates shouldn't hand things in <laughs> No, hang on, that's what I... If this person does have an unfortunate incident, either choking or an allergy, um, then, uh, you know, Paul coming, oh, you're not going to believe it. Um, That person, I've only gone and killed them. It's so so selfish. (laughs) Paul Scoyne's on the line. Morning, Paul. I've lost feed. Can't hear anything. Paul, can you not hear me? I've lost feed. (laughs) The jocolate. Paul! Oh, he can't hear anything. That's that's, that's Paul. Uh, He's always moaning. That's what you'd hear, ladies and gentlemen, behind the scenes here at the BBC. Paul, are you there? Have you lost feed? (laughs) He's gone. What's on your your show today, Julius? Coming up this morning on the big phone-in, fascinated in this uh, Hertfordshire helicopter story. Oh, yes. As a Hertfordshire resident myself and a Hertfordshire taxpayer... Particularly interested in this, Hertfordshire police have been criticised for using a helicopter to th- to catch a shoplifter. They spent seven hundred pounds for an hour of this helicopter to catch a shoplifter who stole seventy five pounds worth of goods from a Tesco store in Bishop Stortford. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think they were quite right to use every means necessary to get an arrest? Or do you think shoplifting is actually a minor crime, mostly against big corporations? From nine this morning, particularly like to hear from you, if in the past you have shoplifted yourself... Why was it? Why did you do it? Were there circumstances that led to you shoplifting? Do you take shoplifting seriously? We'll discuss it this morning on the big phone in 08459 455 555 from 9. Some very interesting opinions from, from uh, one gentleman, a guest we had, who, who said, well, in some, in some cases it's not shoplifting. If they've got postnatal depression or if they're um, diabetic then it's not shoplifting and it should be considered differently. Let me... Can I, can I play a little scenario game? Please you? do, yes. We've been playing this Ooh, upstairs charades, yes. in the office. OK, right. You've got... Paul, do you want to play? I, I don't want to play anything anymore. OK, well, uh, I'll play. I'll play. Ignore him. So you've got an 82-year-old man... Yes. ...shuffling around Sainsbury's... Mm-hmm. ...and you see him take a pack of two economy chicken breasts... Yep. ...and slip them underneath his trilby hat yes would you report him paul you've seen an old man with two breasts under his hat would you report him obviously (laughs) 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 you really are not (laughs) especially if he was a war hero I, I, uh, uh, Jonathan, I would um, not. I might. Even, you wouldn't. I would sidle up to him and say, "Mate, be careful." Well, you'd give him a little tip off. I would say, "Mate, just I saw that. Just be careful, please." Really? You'd yes. be an accomplice. No. Would I? Well, yeah. I tell you what, I'd do. I'd be straight up there to the counter, and I'd be like, "See that old man over there." Look under his trolley oh. hat. He's got a couple of economy breasts under there. You're turning into a scoins. Do you know the other day it was rather <laughs> embarrassing when I when I when I, I oh, do I admit this? I wrongly be quiet, please, Paul. You're breathing very heavily. I wrongly accused someone of shoplifting. <gasps> no, in Iceland. Oh, well. there was a man. He was acting very suspiciously. He was kind of looking around a lot in the store. Yeah. So I thought, oh, he's up to no good. He's looking for staff. So I went up to a member of staff. I said, "See that man over there." Oh. I think he's about to shoplift. Just keep an eye on him. Well, 
I quickly realised he was actually looking for his wife. Oh. And when he got to the uh, to the checkout, about three members of staff all kind of came over to him, and I uh, well, I quickly hurried out the store. Oh. <laughs> I bet that got that, that got you excited, didn't it, Paul? Uh, well, it, it's not often I agree, but I absolutely agree with Jonathan on that one. That's 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 that is uh, mm. the right thing to do. Good. <laughs> Can I go now? <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> Thank you, JVS. Thanks. Ta-ta. Paul Scorins, why have we got you on a bad quality phone line? What's happening? Uh, right, I've decided that um, having heard the views of uh, everyone this morning about whether or not I should increase the level of my gesture to the person who very kindly handed back in my property, um, yeah. I, I've come down to a well-known newsagent, yeah. come bookseller in the centre of Luton uh, to, to buy a voucher. But I've been, you can't just buy vouchers these days. You're presented with a plethora of different vouchers for different shops. So um, I, could, I could treat them to lunch. I could get them a pizza. I could maybe get them a some Nando's. Um, I, I, I'm just at a loss to what to do. And the other thing that's, that's compounding my, my poor memory, yeah. um, I forgot my wallet. So I just wonder if you might be able to sub me a tenner or something. Oh, you want me to lend you a tenner? Well, just for just for a little while. W- will I get that ten pounds back? Yeah. Yeah. Can I suggest, Paul, you listen to the bulletin at half past eight? <laughs> Thank you. Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Burial or cremation? Should there be a choice? We've found out that various burial grounds, they're running out of space. But what if you do want to be buried? Uh, Simon Ferrer is the creator and owner of Clandon Wood, a natural burial reserve. What is a natural burial reserve, Simon? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, natural burial reserve creates a new environment. Simon, listen, we're going, to let, we're going to let you go because it's a terrible light. We will get you back. Uh, well, let's get him back after half past because I want to give this the, the time it deserves and it's a terrible line, so um, we'll get that back a little bit later. I don't think I do all of the newspapers. Oh, no, let me do this email, actually. Sorry, that, uh, a text, sorry, from Nick of Melbourne. Uh, I found a wallet in the middle of the old A10 near where? It had about £200 in cash, plus driver's licence, bank cards, etc. The owner lived in Middlesbrough. I handed it, handed it in to the police. About two weeks later, I received a phone call from the owner thanking me for my honesty. And he explained that the police officer who called him used to come from the same area where he lived. They had friends in common who the police officer had lost contact with. He was able to put them back in contact. A week later, I received a cheque for 50 quid. With that in mind, Paul Scorings, you cheapskate, you ought to cough up a decent reward, at least £20. Wow. Well, it it sounds like he's making an effort, Scorings. He's gone out to potentially get some sort of voucher, but he's forgotten to take his wallet. He wants to borrow a tenner. Interesting he should ask for a tenner. We've been doing some digging on Paul Scorings. Stay tuned. I think we may have uncovered the latest BBC scandal. Forget all the stuff you've been reading on the front pages. I think we've got the latest BBC scandal. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can, of course, go to uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Lots of you have been having your say on Scoinsgate. Um, uh, Lots of you having your say on Scoinsgate. Um, about whether he, he's being a bit tight-fisted. Let's go and have a quick look at those before we get the uh, travel. Um, I think you should get a night out with JVS. Maybe a JLS concert, then out clubbing, followed by a curry. A card and chocks is fine, says Michelle. 10 to 20% of the value of the goods returned, says Jay. I agree with that. Minimum. 
of 10%, which would be a tenner in this case. No, hang on, it'll be 20%. No, hang on, 10, tw- tw- 200 pounds, 10, tw- 20 pounds, that's it. Thank you very much indeed. There we go. We managed to work that out eventually, that very complicated mathematical formula. 08459 555555. Will says, give him a Kindle, Scoins. You know he deserves it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still got these problems in Baldock, the A505 westbound. Tim called us earlier saying that there was an accident with a single car involved, that it had spun, hit the central reservation and that the emergency services were at the scene. Any updates on that? Very much appreciated. Speed sensors not picking up any major delays there on the A505 now heading toward the A1M. So there's a chance that they may have moved things out of the way. But like I say, if you can update us, do give us a call. The lower 80 Field Road in Hemel Hempstead southbound, it's been closed. An accident between Queensway and Christchurch. Road. Slow in St Albans on the A414 eastbound as you head from the Park Street roundabout toward London Coney. A5 southbound, Mark Yates, slow moving traffic, Lynch Hill to the Luton Road. The A1 very busy at the Black Cat roundabout, also slow once you get right the way down the other end into London, approaching Stirling Corner. A10 heavy traffic through Chesant coming down toward the M25 at Enfield then if you're going through past that junction and further into London, delays in Enfield around Southbury Road. On the M25 there's stop-start traffic anti-clockwise through the roadworks. It's also slow past the M40 and if you're going into London by train, well trains are running okay but on the tubes the northern line is suspended High Barnet to Finchley Central. It's a faulty train at Tottridge and Whetstone tickets being taken on First Capital Connect services and there are severe delays on the rest of the northern line. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. The Chief Inspector of Hertfordshire Police, Jerry MacDonald, is standing by the decision to use a £700-an-hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who'd stolen £75 worth of goods. He says the approach is part of the reason crime is so low in Hertfordshire. A BBC study has shown that Decorum Borough's cemeteries will run out of space for burials within five years and those in Hartsmere and Three Rivers within ten. And it's emerged that BBC Three Counties Radio's political reporter, Paul Scoynes, who's currently caught up in a row over whether to offer a financial reward to the Good Samaritan who returned his lost reading device, has yet to return £10 for a bus fare begged from a colleague on Monday. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's women football team sealed their second big World Cup qualifier win in a row last night, beating Turkey 7-0 at Fratton Park. The result follows England's 6-0 win over Belarus last week. There's a three-counties derby tomorrow in League One as MK Dons play Stevenage. The Dons are eighth in the table with Stevenage 18th. The borough manager, Graham Westy, says they know what to expect. They've been knocking at the, at the top end of the league for, for years now um, and uh, they haven't got out of the league. Um, they're, they're still in the league and that's you know that's a measure they've been at the top but they haven't got out of the league so um, you know we know not to underestimate them because you don't knock at the top for, for no reason but you don't stay in the league for no reason either In the Championship Watford take on fellow promotion candidates Wigan and in League 2 Wickham at Rochdale Luton travel to Hereford tomorrow in the conference looking to make it four wins on the bounce striker Mark Cullen has scored four goals in two games for the Hatters and manager John Steele feels his side are now creating chances for their front men to score Look good in pre-season wasn't perhaps firing all cylinders at the start of the season. Is that because he was missing chances? I can't remember him missing. Were we creating chances? That can be the key. Were we creating chances? It's good to see, see him scoring. But 
it's good to see him contributing to the, the, the team performance as well. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you remember on uh, Friday the 13th we got a gentleman to smash a mirror? Well, we're going to try and, uh, we've been trying to get in touch with him this morning to find out just how badly his life has spiralled out of control since that moment. We'll be speaking to him in a few minutes. But we were talking about graves. Should there be a choice on burial or cremation? According to research carried out by BBC Local Radio, almost half of local authorities will have run out of burial space within 20 years. Some places will have run out within five years. Well, before the news, we tried to talk to uh, Simon Ferrer, creator and owner of Clandon Wood, a natural burial reserve. I think we have you on a clearer line, Simon. You have indeed. We can hear you. Good morning. Natural burial reserve. What what exactly is it? Uh, well, a natural burial ground creates new environments, new natural environments, rich in flora and fauna. And in Clandon Woods' case, we've created a nature reserve that accepts um, human burials. And uh, can anyone be buried there? Is it a faith thing or, or can anyone no, sign up for it? No, sec- uh, it's spiritual or secular. So we've had religious service, full religious services. Um, we've had atheistic services, humanist and everything in between. How many people are buried there? Um, we officially opened in June this year um, by the Mayor of Guildford, and um, we have now um, have uh, 54 families wow. involved. And how, how, uh, does it look like a normal graveyard? Are the graves marked with gravestones? No, not at all. It looks like a nature reserve. So if people would like to mark the graves, we have either small clay tablets or, or wooden tablets that lie flat on the grave. Or we have little um, little leaves that are um, um, made by local artists uh, that we hang around the trunk of a tree. And how safe are they? Uh, are, are, are these graves going to be there forever? Absolutely. I mean, that's the benefit of a natural burial ground. There's a long-term management planning and strategy to it um, so that it is there for perpetuity. And do you think this, this could be a, a solution to the shortage of burial sites? Without a doubt, Ian, it's the way forward. Um, local authorities, as you, you know, you've been saying all morning, is that um, they, they run out of space, um, they've got no statutory requirements to provide burial space, um, and several councils have approached me um, uh, with a view to me being their burial provision um, oh. at, to, to, to local authorities where a no-cost option to them. And to families, um, it's, um, it's a, a much better emotional choice um, and the fact that families, once they've paid, they've got no, no upkeep to worry about and they've got no, um, no financial worries about upkeeping, um, looking after memorials. And, and what does it cost? Um, our, basic, our basic cost is 1750 which is 1050 for the burial plot, uh, £450 for a, a, an interment fee, and £250 goes into a woodland trust fund, which is a safe... Um, trust fund that builds up for the future so that people can be secure in the fact that it will be developed as a, as a nature reserve. And how much room have you got, Simon? How many people do you, do you, have you we've calculated got, you could take? We've got 31 acres of meadow, woodland, wow. lake, lake and wetland, and we can accommodate up to probably 20,000 people. Wow. And people can come and visit. If, you know, if I want to go and see Grandad, who's, who's buried there in June, I'm, I can kind of walk, stroll freely around, can I? Absolutely. We encourage people, not, not just with families that have, have um, had their people buried there, but people that, have, that are planning, pre-plan their own plots 
um, to come and enjoy Clandon while they're still upright and while they're, st- while they're still breathing. Simon, listen, I'm glad we got to speak to you on a clearer line because it's, it's fascinating. Thank you very much. Simon Ferrar, the uh, creator and owner of Clandon Wood, a natural burial reserve. It seems like a nice way of doing it, doesn't it? Should we go and see Grandma? We walk, have a nice walk around the woods. There's a meadow. We're going to take a picnic. It's, it's a bit jollier than a, a graveyard, isn't it? Well, on Sunday morning, Helen Lee will be looking at how some churchyards are dealing with grave shortages. She'll uh, visit one of the only two consecrated green burial sites in the country, which is in the middle of rural Bedfordshire, from 6 o'clock Sunday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, on Friday the 13th, we did something... Well, I didn't think it was that controversial. I had lots of people on Twitter and and Facebook and email saying, Oh, you've crossed a line. You should not have done that. You really have um, opened yourself to demons. We sent our reporter, Justin Dealey, out to find someone to smash a mirror live on air. We weren't sure we would. Lots of people said, no, I'm not getting involved. Well, then Justin met met a gentleman from Luton called Mark. So, Ian, are you ready for this? Oh, I am ready and willing. Mark Mulford from Luton, who's about to smash a mirror live across Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Take it away. Oh, we couldn't smash it. Come on. (laughs) Right, Okay, you've done it. It's broken. How do you feel? Pretty much the same as I did just before I did it. Well, he was was Billy Big Trousers then. Just how much out of control has uh, Mark's life spiraled well justin dealey has uh, tried to find him justin is he still alive is he walking what's the deal with this Ian, mark i can tell you right now he is still alive yes he's looking a bit ropey but <laughs> he, he is still alive and well it's a miracle and to be quite honest with you Ian, i'm relieved about that for my career aren't you yeah very much so i don't want somebody else to die on me exactly uh, mark is back with us now mark thanks again for your time you're live across beds arts and bucks um your family obviously heard what you did on friday the 13th smashing a mirror live on air are they now concerned about you no, not really. No, not at all? Nah. Right, OK. On Friday the 13th, something did happen to you, though. Tell us what happened. Uh, I've got a screw in the tyre of my car. But it, I see that as a good thing that someone spotted it, because otherwise uh, it would have cost me a lot more to buy a new tyre rather than get a puncture repair. So how much was the puncture repair? Fourteen pounds. Fourteen quid. Yeah. Now, do you think you had that, uh, that puncture repair because you smashed the mirror on Ian's show? Nah, I just think it's general bad luck. (laughs) So for the next seven years, you're not concerned in the slightest? Nah, nothing really else has happened. You still think you're a bit of a big deal, don't you? Come on, you're prepared to do anything, aren't you? Well, I don't know about walking under a ladder with someone up it with a paint pot, but I'll walk under it without it. Right, okay. Ian, Mark can hear you. I'm thinking here. Obviously, we've smashed the mirror, and uh, Mark is saying, well, you know, the nail in my tyre, that in actual fact I see as good luck because I didn't have to replace it. I got a puncture repair instead. What about the next Friday the 13th? Um, I've got a couple of ladders at home. Should we bring them down and and come and see Mark again? What What do you think? Well, I think what we need to do with Mark, Mark Mark does think he's a a tough guy, and I Mm, I respect that. He sounds so (laughs) laid back. Well done, you. And I'm, I'm glad nothing serious has happened, but I think we need to, next Friday the 13th, 13th. Can we find out, production team, when the next Friday the 13th is, please? We need to throw everything at him. Mm. We need to get him to go under some ladders, open an umbrella inside, put some new shoes on a table. We need to throw everything at him. Mark, are you up for that? Yeah, I'll go for it. You're mad. Why? <laughs> Even I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable now. Yeah, but um, he's prepared to do it, so the next Friday the 13th, um, let's do it, shall we? 
Mark, we will speak to you soon. You're a good sport. Thank you very much. Cheers. Are Excellent. we in? Yes, Ian, Justin. Before you go, yes. can I just um, say sorry about something? Please. You've got 30 seconds. Uh, an on-air apology. Yes, please. Yes, um, I recently got a U in my GCSE math exam. <gasps> yes. Now, earlier, I need to say sorry. I got something wrong. We were talking about Paul Scoynes, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, his Kindle worth £200. That was handed in. Now, he is giving a £2 reward yeah. in the form of a box of chocolates. And you're pointing at me, Mark. You know my mistake, don't you? Yeah, you, you know, said it yeah. was 1% or... Yeah. I said it was 2%. I said it was 2%. I was put on the spot. In actual fact, it was 1%. I've had so many people text me, email me. Uh, You're getting texts about it. So it was in the heat of the moment. Hands up. My maths is not great. But that doesn't make me a criminal. In in that case, can I apologise on air? Mm. Because I said it was (laughs) 0.1%. What the (laughs) hell? Listen to Mark giggling away there, Mr. Mark's always a troublemaker. I'll tell you what. Should we we put a maths question, a random maths question to Mark? What do you reckon? Yeah, go on, Mark. Okay. What's uh, what's uh, eleven twelves? Eleven twelves. Yeah. Come on, big man. Uh, yeah, come on, big man. <laughs> Are we both just bullying a listener because he's I'm clever at thirty two. Uh, um, he's yeah. Let's say he's right, shall we? Am I or not? I don't know. I haven't got a calculator on me. In. You see, Ian, we talk for a living. We don't. He's up. right. He's right. He's, he's right. right. He's well right. done, Mark. Well done. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> Mark, thank you. What a good sport. And yes, you did just hear two presenters of a BBC local station bullying a listener for being a little bit cleverer. <laughs> He's very laid back. I wish I could be that laid back in my life. Thank you, Mark. We will speak to you next Friday the 13th. Um, acts of kindness. I've had a great story about a lady who was on a train on Saturday, and we still not found the person who's responsible for this. Lady on a train, left her handbag in a friend's car. The woman next to her said, oh, here's £10. Get a cab so you can go and get the, the handbag. Didn't give her address, didn't get nothing. Didn't give her name, didn't want the £10 back. Incredible. If we can find that woman, 08459 455 555. Mary and Hemel, Mary, you, you've done something kind, have you? Well, I would have thought it was something most people would have what, done. What did you some do? Years, some years ago, I came out of a petrol station onto the road, and in the middle of the road, there was a wallet, and a checkbook cover and so my son and I stopped the car and picked them up I dropped him off at work and took them to the police station and never expecting to hear anything again really but that night I had a lovely phone call from the lady whose property it was she had gone all the way to Northampton before she oh, realised yeah. and got to work and panicked you've You've got nothing for the day. And and she just rang me and actually said thank you. And that was enough. The fact that... Did you not think, Mary... I don't know what... Yes, sorry. Did you not think, though, you know, a a few quid, a tenner, for, for, for being so honest? I don't even know how much was in the wallet. There was just no idea. Well, there was her name on her card. No, I... Why? Why give me money for doing something that I thought was just... If I lost something, I would like someone to return it or hand it in. Mm. A card, a a, a phone call or a card or a small box of chocolates. And and you're all on there. What about the person who handed it in? You're laughing about Paul and his meanness, and I know the way it's meant. But how would the person who handed it in feel? They might not be quite comfortable with that. With what? With with us bullying with Paul Scoynes? Wind- oh, no, no. No, no with... Bully him. Uh, <laughs> um, with the fact...
that that's something that they did and and just perhaps that's their nature they just handed it in that's part of their job yeah and now it's been all blown up into this bigger thing well i think that i think we can get away with it mary because we we don't know the name of the person so oh, it, it, okay, it, yeah. it's still an anonymous thing I, yes if, if we did know the name i i would not mention that person's name um without their permission and and we don't know the name so it's not we've not said all oh, tony from luton has done this so I, oh. I, I i take your point totally and i respect it but i think because we're not naming the person we sort of can get away okay. with what we're doing a bit there's, there's just a question I'm you raise an interesting point but the um the, the good samaritan yes which we're whether you're of a religious faith oh, no, it's or a good no story faith, yes it's not a bad thing at all and so surely if people behaved like that with no sort of reward more often yeah. we might all be in a slightly better place well, that, uh, i listen i could not agree with you more mary and uh, that, that's a nice thought to end that conversation on thank you very much uh indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five double five ian lee bbc three counties let's get the travel news now here's adam travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio some updates coming in literally just now on the A505. They had closed it on the eastbound side. Now, we initially had reports of the accident on the westbound side, but the police gave us an update and said that eastbound was closed and it was shut off after an accident with a car and a bicycle involved near the junction with London Road. But we've just had a call come in from Chris. He said, well, he's just driven past it and it's open once again. So we'll bring you more as soon as we have it. But it looks like the A505 eastbound may well have just reopened, but we'll keep a close eye on things especially if it's looking quite busy. The A1 through uh, the Black Cat Roundabout looking very slow at the moment. The Barford Bypass actually looking quite slow as well, the A421. A10 southbound, Chesant, heavy traffic from Turnford down toward the M25. You've also got delays through Enfield on the A10 at Southbury Road. A414, quite slow from the Park Street Roundabout to London Coney. Lower Adyfield Road in Hemel Hempstead on the southbound side. This is still shut following an accident between the Queensway and Christchurch Road. Delays in Markgate on the southbound A5, Lynch Hill to Luton Road. M25 anti-clockwise stop-start through the roadworks and also slow anti-clockwise as you go past the M40. And problems for the tubes. The northern line suspended between High Barnet and Finchley Central. This is a faulty train at Tottridge and Whetstone. Tickets being taken on First Capital Connect services. It's also meant severe delays for the rest of the Northern Line. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. On the text, Tony says, a good firm handshake from Scoinsy is reward enough for any man. It's 8.47, it's Friday the 27th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chief Inspector of Hertfordshire Police, Jerry MacDonald, is standing by the decision to use a £700 an hour helicopter to catch a shoplifter who'd stolen £75 worth of goods, saying the approach is part of the reason crime is decreasing in Hertfordshire. A BBC study has shown that decorum boroughs cemeteries will run out of space for burials within five years, and those in Hartsmere and Three Rivers within ten. In sport, there's a three-counties derby tomorrow in League One as MK Dons play Stevenage. The Dons are eighth in the table with Stevenage 18th. Coming up, Musical Friday. Nice way to end the week. A bit of uplifting music. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. 
Very good morning to you. Uh, lots of brightness, some sunny spells around for the rest of the day. Temperatures will rise nicely too. Now, it has been a rather chilly start to the morning, um, but we'll probably see 18 or 19 degrees Celsius in many of our towns across across the three counties as we head through the course of the afternoon. 19 degrees, that's 66 in Fahrenheit. Won't rule completely uh, 20 degrees out the equation either. It's going to be a nice day, but it will feel more breezy as we head through into the afternoon. So a little bit of cloud around at times, same sort of story tonight really quite breezy that will help to keep the air nice and mixed up so we probably won't see temperatures quite as low tonight as uh, they have been last night so we're probably sticking in double figures for most places perhaps a little bit lower in the countryside um, but it will be a fine and a dry start to the day tomorrow a little bit chilly in places quite turning quite blustery actually tomorrow with an easterly wind so um, lots of sunny spells around quite windy by the afternoon top temperatures of 19 degrees celsius fine and dry too on Sunday and those temperatures are above average for the time of year so no complaining that's the forecast Saturdays on BBC Three Counties Radio are about six minutes past six starting your Saturday morning let's get stuck straight into the news memories let's begin with the UK charts from this day 1980 food my weekend kitchen brings you delicious simple recipes for you to make at home sport live commentary every week from your local team and local unsigned music BBC introducing bringing new local music to beds hearts and bucks for full programme details go online to bbc.co.uk slash three counties Saturdays on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. On Fridays we like to have a little bit of music to kind of send you on your your merry way and this morning we're joined by Lauren Rich. Good morning Lauren. Good morning Ian. How are you this morning? Yes, fine, bright and breezy. Though you've been hassling me on Twitter for like ages. I know, I know. Let me come on, please let me come on, let me come on Oh for goodness sakes, come on then. It was just to meet you basically. Well you've met me Who's this gentleman you brought with you? This is Zach, my guitarist. Hello, very Zach. talented. How are you? He's very, very ta- he's very handsome, isn't he? He's very handsome. Very handsome. He really is. He's tall. You're, you're kind of you've got broad shoulders. You're a good-looking young man, and you play the guitar. Thank you very well, much. What could you want? <laughs> well, you must have people falling at your feet, Zach. Not too bad. Not too bad. Before we get let Lauren sing, is she any good? Lauren's fantastic. Excellent. What kind of stuff? Do- I tell you what. Let's have a song first, shall we? Okay, and then we'll have yeah. a chat about stuff. What are you going to play for us first? I'm going to play my latest single, which is on iTunes and Amazon, uh, and it's called Fragile Girl. Away you go. Could have slipped right through like dust She said, be careful my love My heart is made of glass He said, I'll protect your heart I'm not like the others who stole it and tossed it away I'll prove my love is true, true, true. 
began to cry. The tears ran down her face and soaked right through his shirt. It was incomprehensible how he could love someone like her, but past it hurt too much, and now she's opened up and shown her weaker side. She said, "Be careful, my love, my heart is made of glass." He said, "I'll protect your heart. I'm not like the others who stole it, tossed it away. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in." Well done! That was good! Thank That's you, you sound surprised! Well, you, the, thing is, the thing is, let's be honest, we never know. No, exactly. Uh, someone can come in and, and uh, we, I, I, I won't give away too many details. Do you remember the people who were stood... <laughs> we, we had one act come in once and we were all like, oh my goodness, and we had to finish and went... That was, that was really great! <laughs> <laughs> and then they said, we got another one. Oh, no time! We've got no time for it! That was fantastic. Where, where are you doing gigs? Are you, you, what are yeah, you up I've to? got a few gigs coming up, actually. Um, I've got a gig in Paddington on the 10th of October yep. um, at the Green Man, and a really good gig um, it's a really great open mic uh, not open mic it's a it's a live music night it's free and it's in Finsbury Park at the World's End every Sunday oh, it's yes, a really amazing night well, yes. hosted by Cal Lavelle she's fantastic and uh, so we're playing there on the 13th of October and you can buy your stuff is available to buy you've got yes. r- r- albums and things oh uh, yes I've brought you a present as well I've brought oh, you my, my latest album fantastic uh, it's on iTunes and Amazon um and you can stream stuff on my website, which is laurenrichmusic.co.uk. And what's your Twitter address? Uh, at laurenrichmusic. There you go. You and see Facebook's nice and simple. Now listen, same. I'm keen. I know you've got another song lined up. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm keen to hear. Can we, can we go straight into that? Absolutely. So we can squeeze it in. Away you go. Okay. You'll know it. <laughs> 
Monkey song. I didn't know. Um, dare I say it? Better than the original. It's no. Better, no, I mean that sincerely. Brought a little tear to my eye. Well, oh. listen, we've got to go to the travel. We'll come and get your your website and stuff again in a second. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. She's in A505 eastbound through Baldock. There's still one lane closed after this accident earlier with a car and a bike involved. It's at London Road. It's still pretty busy. The westbound side's slow as well. And Whitehall Street through Baldock looking busy. Approaching the A507. The A1 looking slow at the Black Cat roundabout. You have delays on the A10 through Chesant and through Enfield southbound in both cases. M25 anti-clockwise heavy. Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar. The A5 in Mark Yates slow around the Luton Road. A414 busy from the Park Street roundabout to London Coney. Hemel Hempstead the lower Adyfield Road still closed southbound because of an accident from the Queensway through to Christchurch Road. And in London, the Northern Line tube severe delays and only faulty train at Totteridge and Whetstone. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. All over the shop here with me, Faders. Lauren, very quickly, give us your website again. LaurenRichMusic.co.uk And we just found out we were at the same Monkeys gig a couple of years ago. Amazing. We look, I'm going to shut up. Let's let's talk. Let's, JVS can do his show and I'll talk. New podcast out today until Monday from me. Ta-ta. 
Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday and on today's big phone-in... 